Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Forever. Dog. Warning. The following podcast may include human skulls sliced down the middle, cruel destruction of alarm clocks, a pretty good pitch for Michael Eisner merchandise, and grappling with the ultimate moral quandary in what scenario is robot theft justified. Buzzy, if you're listening, don't give up hope. You will be found as a result of this episode about Cranium Command on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the show hosted by three men who are piloted by three much smaller men, but have the same voices as the regular-sized men. I'm Jason Chardon, joined as always by Scott Gerder. <laughs> as opposed to the buzzy scenario? No, or the buzzy it, scenario is Is, is buzzy the his voice? The, the child's voice and buzzy's voice is the same actor. Oh, okay, that is a question I had. And yes, you. so yes, it is that, the same, and the little Scott sounds like this. Hello. Yeah. I, this is Mike Carlson. I'm confused, though, because isn't buzzy like almost a temporary... He's just on the job for the first time in the ride, Cranium Command, which right. is what we're talking about today. In Good. theory, yeah. I never put that together or had forgotten that the child's voice and Buzzy's voice are, are one and the same. We're right. I figure we get into this deep into the thing, but yeah, yeah. Let's, I'll go straight to it. The why, okay, if he's a new recruit, right, and presumably makes... this 12-year-old boy existed before he was being piloted by a little guy in his head, what did he sound like before? Right, is it is it that like... If you're changing out little guys in your head, that voices would constantly be changing. It would con- you would constantly have a new voice if like your little guy was fired or the. Maybe this is the issue in puberty. Maybe that's what. Oh we're, like, yes. When your voice is changing and cracking, it's because your guy is it's, sliding in and out. He's been fired. Mm-hmm. Your but guy it would, or but gal. that would only really work like. Is isn't it possible that a seven year old boy would have a really gruff voice mm-hmm. and then suddenly get higher? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, this system, this doesn't, this ride makes no sense. It's almost like they had less than six months to turn it around. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and save it from massive plot holes. Uh, in case we're diving too deep into the deep end, today yeah. we're talking about Cranium Command, which was a show at Epcot Center where you go inside a, uh, the head of a 12-year-old and meet all of the people who, the tiny people who pilot the 12-year-old. Uh, and but why this ride? Well, you, the listener, very well might By know. By popular demand. Yeah, I I don't think anything has been sent to us more absolutely than this. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so many people tweeted this at us, and it was a genuine Twitter thing. I feel like, at least yeah. as far as I can tell, I'm, I'm pretty theme park centric in my Twitter feed. But there was a lot of hashtag find Buzzy because. 
the little the little guy, the pilot, the the single audio animatronic in the ride, Buzzy, apparently was never removed from the ride, though you haven't been able to go on it in a decade, and now it is missing. It is missing. Now, and apparently his clothes were taken back in August, and the animatronic was taken in December. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how it played out. That's that's the update I saw, and I think they they did a they arrested someone and oh I see, yeah I saw them. a name I don't have it handy but the the person has been named wait, but but not charged wait so go think. back so okay. so you're saying that Buzzy's clothes were removed by Walt Disney Company or somebody snuck in and just stole the somebody little boy's stole clothes the little boy's clothes because okay. mm-hmm. the the breaking news in this at the end of December was that the Buzzy animatronic is gone and then. And a lot of the websites I saw posted updates where it's like, he's gone, but his clothes were taken back in August. And there's a police report on file you can find because... Uh, uh, so, and someone has, yeah, like I said, someone was questioned and arrested. I think they were arrested for uh, non-violently resisting arrest because they were refusing to turn their phone over. So... You know, oh, and you know, there's that. that's full of you photos of, full a, of stuff. a fake naked boy. <laughs> <laughs> Was there had to have been like a cop show investigation where there's a room and there's a good cop and a bad cop. It's like, what do you know about that little robot boy's clothes? And then like, don't make me bring in my buddy here because I'm the nice one or whatever. And then like, he's like, like you guy spits at the cop or something. So I don't know nothing about that little naked robot boy. And they're actually doing that. The room is just the uh, the wonders of life pavilion. And but they're uh-huh. under like a caricature of a wine glass smiling or something. whatever. And it's Disney garbage. Sec- Disney yeah, it's security. Disney security. Right. I mean, it's ex Blackwater guys, but they work for Disney. Now. Right. <laughs> they're pinning the guy. Under a big making of me sign that fell off <laughs> Wonders of Life Pavilion. Uh, when you know what, also, like, there was just a big article in the New York Times about uh, podcasts getting turned into TV series. Dirty John just uh, mm-hmm. just happened and was a Bravo t- uh, a little mini series, uh, among others. I think this is our shot. So we got to make it count today because like three guys gabbing is not going to ever be a TV right. show or at least not a fictionalized one. But the a true crime, that's your shot. So I think we need to make what you're that scene you just described. Yes. That's in the show. But yes. until but we can't until there's an ending. I don't think we can actually go pitch this. <laughs> But we I think can, absolutely free Buzzy is our shot at at, at, a, at a television show. It's when, a great idea. There's a lot of ways to do it, too, because we could also just do the Tom Arnold Trump version of it, where we just try to make oh. a documentary. We try to find very lazy, <laughs> a very lazy thing. We like lie a lot on TV, but maybe they, we don't think they're lies because we've done a lot of cocaine in our lives. <laughs> that to me uh, feels like uh, uh, the next. That was the next generation of uh, where in the world is Osama bin Laden? <laughs> Remember sure. That? Oh, the Morgan Spurlock. The Morgan yes. Spurlock mm-hmm. tried to find uh, Amer- America's most wanted. You know, and it's a lot of us just stopping, freezing the footage, and going. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we got to prac. We got to get our voices like to, uh, up to that register. This we, is good. We're gonna get eight episodes out of this oh, yeah. and then yeah. if god, god willing another animatronic is stolen we get a season two sure and then sure. maybe we are the ones who orchestrated that <laughs> maybe <laughs> so, like jet we made jason go steal who knows 
I mean, there's a lot to talk about just with the theft. We could do all of a sudden on the theft because what other robots are just hanging around is also my question that we could get. Like, yeah, yes. why would that not be the first thing that you protect take out it's yeah. uh, oddly i mean our previous experience of this was botanicus just sitting right. outside of the, the parking garage but they at least didn't well i guess they replaced it with another ride and that's why it moved right but in this in the case if, if you don't know the whole story this this is we're talking about the wonders of life pavilion which is at epcot center but you cannot go into it and they only open it up for the food and wine festival so apparently it's just been sitting there but if you and there's a lot of like abandoned type videos and urban exploring where your fair thing Mike where back, people go into it. man. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I'm in here. I can't believe that no one's My favorite oh, uh, whoa, modern whoa. Uh, male, male fashion style, the tactical dipshit. Uh, a lot of straps, <laughs> awful sunglasses, <laughs> very very weird backpacks with way too many pockets. <laughs> It's certainly not a not a weapon or anything. They aren't no, actually no, no, prepared no. for a fight. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. So this thing's just been sitting there. And if you watch, like, you can learn about what happened to Body Wars, which is the other main attraction mm-hmm. in Wonders of Life, which was kind of a Star Tours, I'll say, ripoff attraction mm-hmm. that was like the same layout had uh, uh, flight simulators. The flight simulators have been gone for a very long time. So they took the time to take out these massive. Uh, you know, hydraulic structures, but the robot was just sitting there and losing his clothes. Yeah, and they have, like, going to D23, they have exhibits of old robots. Exactly. They have archives. They have plenty of room somewhere. It's crazy that they wouldn't take the hero of a pretty prominent ride and put him somewhere else. Somewhere it's crazy. Instead of, like, hanging off of a, of a big arm, which is where he sits... And that's what he pilots from in the show. So he's just dangling off this thing. He yeah. could have fallen easily. Yeah. He could have fallen. Maybe that's how they got him, actually. Well, and it, they just left it as it was for years. It very it quickly became, you know, not possible to restart it with without major um, maintenance work. Because you can't just leave hydraulics without servicing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of theme park Twitter was upset about that i'm not that i'm not upset about it but they were very much like you know we would never like everyone was very much like you shouldn't steal from a ride it's not his per person's property i'm assuming it's a man i don't know why is that it's got to be a man right who stole who stole the, who stole the thing? i believe so i would guess have to go it back seems like yeah. Uh, yeah uh so I, my first thought was like well serves disney right for not I, locking it down <laughs> like you should have i think i said on the episode you should have stolen botanicus he mm. was rotting. They weren't doing anything. Yeah, he was garbage. He's a part of theme park history. If Disney's going to let Buzzy rot, let some backpack weirdo go in there and steal him and just teach them a lesson. I got to say. That shouldn't happen again. Mm, yeah. I, I, this is just me speaking, but as a kid, I loved the Wonders of Life Pavilion, and yeah. I was so sad to see them just let it go to seed like even the last the few times my family went and like and when i was finishing high school or in college in the summers i feel like it was so sporadically like open or uh, like i feel like they just treated it like shit but i let i loved both attractions in there especially today's attraction i loved cranium command and i love the building like i thought the building was really cool and it's crazy that they that there is a whole empty pavilion in a park that like could use some TLC that they are like 
cognizant of like we need to update this a little. Well, and right next to that weird that restaurant that just rots, the Odyssey. Yes. Like, how Ugh. could there be so much of a major theme park that is just unattended and apparently sneak inable? Because there's also there's a ton of videos of people somehow wandering it, and they just I don't think it's even like some stealth Ethan Hunt thing. I think they opened the door yes. and are in so they didn't bother to lock the door to one of the pavil- one of seven pavilions or whatever. <laughs> I might be wrong about the number. Uh don't yell at us. But the like it's not that many. How could you lose track of like how do you not lock the it, door of one of the uh, only things in your decaying theme park? It's cr- and also speaks to like the lack of security in general, which also scares me a little bit. We were like, in my mind and people have said this, they have, you know, 70 plainclothes officers walking around the theme parks and they're ready to spring at a moment's notice when something goes wrong. And you're like, oh, that's good. That's reassuring. Meanwhile, a robot <laughs> was stole a prominent robot. This isn't a just prom- a little the star of the show. The star robot was stolen and no one knew. No one noticed it. There were no cameras on. Mm-hmm. They don't have cameras in there. It's in crazy. In this world where... Our friends, the crafts, uh, you know, made millions of dollars selling like every little, you know, the lid of a trash can sure. from Disneyland that goes for $30,000. How does a robe, how do they not know the value? Why does Disney not want it's to crazy. make the potential hundreds of thousands of dollars by selling Buzzy, even if they aren't going to uh, use yeah, it? Yeah, I regret not stealing the robot myself. I regret when I was there for maybe like not the last trip, but the trip before uh, September with Lindsay was I wish we should have gone in and stolen it. But were you cognizant that he was there? No. Did you know he was I there? I didn't know that. That's really the news of all of this. That is that the big news. Yeah. Was left there. And and you're like, you're a good boy. Also, you follow right. the rules, especially at a Disney park. Of course, I would never. Uh, but to teach a lesson, sometimes you must break the rules. That is what I believe. Mm. I, it's only just. And yeah. also, I don't, as I said, I don't think it would have been that hard for you to hard. do. I think it would have taken you 30 seconds and you would have been back in line for test track. It would have been. E- it's easier doing that than like sneaking into a Comic-Con party at the Hard Rock Hotel, which oh, I've tried yeah. to do before as well. The most that's secure impossible. place in California I've uh, one in time a, of year. Yes. we've Jason and I have been there. We've snuck into plenty of parties. That Hard Rock one, impossible. I think this mm. buzzy theft would have been the easiest thing in the world. No false identities I would have, required. I think you could have held it in your hands and walked out with it. I think you could just walk it, like held it up like Simba and walked out the exit of Epcot. As no long as you were noticed. taking selfies and they're like, oh, it's a person who brought a doll to take pictures with. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> they, wow, they thought you were changing his diaper. Yeah. <laughs> thought it was a baby. Just put, yeah, okay, so there's a naked Buzzy. You have a diaper. Put the diaper on Buzzy. Put it in a baby carriage <laughs> and wheel it out. <laughs> you put your tactical dipshit sunglasses on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought I, this was a changing station, a, gi- a, giant, a giant domed uh, changing station. Should I replace like um, Buzzy with like Indiana Jones style with a different doll, like a like a my buddy doll or like that's uh, what's a bring newer, an actual teddy, child, a child. He'll fine. make his way out of there someday. Yeah, uh, but that being said, they will never notice the child's there, so the child will die probably because no one ever goes in there or has any cameras. Anything could have, there could be like a, a weird race of people live <laughs> like like weird some scavenger race living yeah. in the uh, in Wonders of Life. Wow, what else is what else is still there? Like, let's think about this. What else? Some of those, is still... some of those bikes that you pilot around, like that. Uh, 
I just remember a lot of like, uh, uh, what's the actual the, the recumbent bikes? Yeah, and that, that you, you could would go through the parks. You or could go ride through, through a video of Disneyland, and I'm in Disney World watching a big uh-huh. video i'm pretending i'm back at home in disneyland yeah i loved all that shit yeah yeah but are there any other things still standing that have robots like are there any ro- like because like river country famously but they don't have animatronics but river country is still kind of standing although they're well, going to yeah. what is it an abandoned area with a robot is what that's is, what i'm trying to wait think wait a of. minute if another- buzzy was there is hypothalamus still there the robot <laughs> the other robot character i think it's very Good chance hypothalamus is still there. Nobody the wants him. He's just Nobody on a pole. No one likes hypothalamus. I think you could take a, Lu- a Louisville slugger to that pole. I think you could beat that. You could break that pole in half and get out of there with the top half of hypothalamus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right now, I think they probably have the security locked down. Well, right it. now, I'm just saying. But before, before yes, this, I think yeah. hypothalamus. Yeah, I think for sure hypothalamus is still there. I think you could get on that land boat ride and just pick up like a guy on a rocking chair and walk out with it and no one would care. You could get back on the boat. Oh, yeah, the rocking chair guy. Everyone on the boat is asleep so that nobody notices. Mm -hmm. Could you get one of the alligators? (laughs) Yeah, probably. One of the baby alligators? Can you stop the ride for a sec? I'm going to grab this. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Horizons was demolished, so none of that is still there. I can't. This is a good question. I'm having trouble thinking of anywhere. I don't think so. It would have a robot. Only... It's a unique situation, right? And Disneyland and California Adventure, I don't think have anything. They're, the real now, estate is so limited. Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, oh, let Kingdom of the Dinosaurs sit for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that you could have broken in there and stolen a dinosaur. But you right. know what? Buzzy is perfect for it because he's small. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. way I'm t- getting. Uh, there's no way I'm getting out with Botanicus. There's no way you're getting out with a full dinosaur. With a full dinosaur. But could you have gotten out with just Botanicus's like leaf clothes? Oh, maybe <laughs> I could have. Oh, if I could have taken the staff. Well, the staff is yeah. Ooh. Oh man. Just replace it with like a tiki torch. <laughs> Alt right. <laughs> Alt right. Oh, new merch. <laughs> Alt right. Botan- Botanicus. Alt righticus. Alt righticus. <laughs> right, we won't Whoever sell that. buys that one, we are we are giving to your band. Uh, yeah, your band, and we're, we're giving <laughs> your name to uh, the government. To the watch list. To the, yeah. To the, He's using his at, crystal at ball least. to imagine a world that's uh, cleansed. <laughs> yeah. At the very least, having the Southern Poverty Law Center put you on blast. <laughs> it's a shame that tiki torch. You can't have a tiki torch now because they sullied the good. Well, I think torches. you can have one in a backyard, but I don't think you can hold one. All right, no more holding them. <laughs> you can't, yeah, because hold the them. tropical hideaway at Disneyland, right? Uh, yeah, uh, presumably I haven't been there. Presumably it has tiki torches, but mm-hmm. if we all went and picked up the torches and right. all went like, "Ho!" No that's what, when you see that photo of all of the alt right guys, I imagine they're all they're all screaming like Howard Dean screams, "Ho!" It's <laughs> 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 seventy yes. of them at once. So, hands off the torches, and it's okay. fine. That's um, fine. Well, I guess at this point, we go backwards and figure out how we got to this mm-hmm. point, how I, we got to this ride yeah. in, in how general. How did we get to this? I mean, like I said, I loved this ride as a kid. I, like, I loved mm-hmm. Cranium Command. I loved the Wonders of Life Pavilion. I feel like it's another thing where it's like you are... You are leaving money on the table by not having more throwback merch for that. Like letting yeah. this go to seed, it reminds me of 
I know I've talked about this on the show, like Marvel just letting the X-Men kind of languish for many years in the comp because they were so... They're like, well, we have to publish the comics because they, they do make money. Well, they wanted to kill it because but, Fox owned the movie yeah, TV rights. But there were so many kids, like when we were people our age, there were so many kids who grew up loving the X-Men so much. It's like you were just leaving money on the table. Same thing. They did do Buzzy and uh, General Knowledge Vinylmations about mm-hmm. four or five mm-hmm. years ago. Uh-huh. But very little. There's no merchandise for all of the parts of the body. There's no Halloween no. costumes for right brain. Uh, no. You got to make your own. Well, they probably have to pay rights for Hans and Franz. <laughs> yeah, but they're because... generic Hans and Franz. Yeah, that's the thing. Not, yeah, you know, yeah. They use I the guess. Fr- like catchphrases of Hans and Hans Franz. Hans and Franz wear gray sweats. Uh, mm-hmm. These got left and right ventricle have big muscly arms. So they are different. This is getting ahead of ourselves. But did Lauren have to sign off on the use of them? Or did he know even? I can only imagine because I think he has to sign off on anybody doing anything. Right, because there's that Probably famous... Probably Lovitz doing it. Right, there's that famous David Spade story of him trying to like wanting to do like a million dollar commercial for the Super Bowl while he was on the show and Lauren said no. Oh, no. That's the old days too because now I think Lauren would love it. Yeah. But Spade has a well, story. Every SNL cast member is in constant commercials. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, back in the... that's the dream now. Right, but back in the day he didn't like that. Yeah. And he prevented him from doing it. Huh, huh. But then, then there, I love the idea of somebody coming to Lauren. Look, at Lauren, there's a Disney World ride, and they want to use Dana and Kevin uh, and Hans. Okay, well, Lipcott's well. in a place where um, <laughs> they need to love. appeal to the kids. And... <laughs> it's kind of got a World's Fair vibe. It's, it's edutainment. I know all about the edutainment. Oh, no, I know. They're doing that Bradbury right. thing, which I think is... Um... You've got to find out if he ever knew about this yeah 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 uh uh and i hope he doesn't find out about those impressions are weird oh Screwed. yeah rude uh <laughs> so, but yeah i think like I, I think the fondness for this thing does come from it was kind of the first disney world th- or the first epcot thing rather pretty specifically for kids yeah. um like everything was pretty unfriendly and and grown up and super mm-hmm. educational this thing's educational as well but with these actors with uh, uh with boob carvey and you know with charles groden now we're getting into what the I kids mean, like i i what year does I this open again 89 89 yeah so it's like so seven pre-beethoven mm-hmm. groden yeah yeah what Before, would a kid have known him from at right that point? pre-clifford groden <laughs> right maybe mid clifford i think clifford oh, took like oh yeah clifford was oh, yeah. and they, sat on the oh, shelf right? for a long time yeah oh, okay. they shot clifford and like with four yeah how many years oh, later my God. <laughs> it was crazy yeah and then with another epcot man martin short oh that's right yeah, yeah just down the way and uh uh-huh. making the clifford cast was owning the part uh, uh no mary steenburgen well mary steenburgen uh, i think attended the opening of uh uh, the Back to the Future ride, but is not featured mm. uh, therein. Right. Oh, okay. And that's how the cast of Clifford fits, fits into, into the theme, theme park, park universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you wanted to know. It's, a, I, it's something else. That, but that is like Cabin Boy level oddball movie. I yeah, think. yeah. Clifford. I don't know how often today also that you're seeing somebody play wildly not their <laughs> type. Oh, with a 40-year-old man playing a child? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which sort of would, things like that would happen more often back then, I feel. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess the, um, is uh, in Little Man, the Wayans Brothers movie, is Marlon Wayans a, 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 a short a person playing person? a 
baby. What is the plot of Little Man? Oh, what is the what plot, is the of, plot little of Little Man? I mean, all I've ever seen is the clip of him, like, we're like a woman. He puts his, like, little baby head to a woman's bosom, and he mm-hmm. likes it. And that's all I know. And I was like, I think he's like an older person. The movie should have been a vine. It should Disguise. have been that scene, the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> it might be. Maybe you got to the theater and there's just a title card that says, that was it. You saw it. Don't tell anybody there's no movie here. All right. Here, this booze for you in the back. <laughs> Your secret's safe <laughs> with me. For an hour and a half. Your secret's safe with me, little man. <laughs> uh, let's see. The plot is... <laughs> Calvin Babyface Sims, who is a very short convict. Okay, so he's a very short man who okay. pretends to be a baby. So he's literally a little man. He's a little man, and yeah, and he pretends to be. Yeah, okay. So Got that's it. as close to Clifford syndrome as you're right. getting today. Uh, let's bring back the uh, genre. So, let's get more man babies in, in our films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were saying, so this attraction opened in 89. The pavilion opened in 89, a little after the, the actual opening of Epcot. Uh, it was in the original plans. There was a doesn't this sound thrilling? A health and life pavilion. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound exciting? Uh, yeah, I'm glad they jazzed up the name. Yeah. They did a good job with that. Yeah, and the things in it sounded fairly dry. Oh, like a show called Head Trip that would share space with a dentistry themed <laughs> show called Tooth Follies. Oh, the Tooth Follies. Tooth Follies. I wish Tooth I wish Follies tooth existed follies. so bad because <laughs> Tooth Follies it seems fake. It seems like there's no way they would ever make a thing called Tooth Follies. But and how would they all be uh, different from each other? The teeth, you mean? Or, yeah. Uh, oh, if uh, assuming that it is teeth coming to life, let, it would have to be teeth coming to life. Yeah. Let Let's think on that. We got molars. We got baby teeth. Got canine. <laughs> got uh. Those Maybe front, like a front f- boys. A fang comes. Did you call in them front boys? To... Those front boys. Those two <laughs> front boys. Call your two uh, front teeth front boys. Okay. Front boys. Uh. Well, and for sure, it would have the food rocks situation of the the rotten uh the, oh, yeah. the bad guys oh, cavities, yeah. who like and like who like sucked up sugar and like didn't want to be br- mm-hmm. rejected the brush say no to brushes <laughs> and they like they try to poison the whole thing like, like dave, bad dave thomas is the bad tooth or something <laughs> i'm trying to think of other like sctv level stars of the time Oh, sure. We were just watching clips uh, over the break of Follow That Bird, and it's Dave Thomas is the bad guy and mm-hmm. Joe Flaherty. Um, uh, I'll put, hey, I'll put this on the Scott is Scared uh, oh, follow uh, that list. Bird? Uh, Miss Finch. Oh. The vi- I am scared yeah. still today from childhood of <laughs> Miss, Miss Finch. Finch. There's a part oh. where she, lay, just any part where she like pulls up and like leans out of the van and just kind of goes, hmm, I am scared of that. <laughs> uh-huh. When she's chasing Big Bird through the parade, terrifying. Oh, like yeah. that to me was like the uh, the space that Chucky occupies for probably a lot of kids, my, my wife for sure. Uh, uh, I have like Miss Finch is the worst horror. That's my it. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> I guess I have seen that. Is it this is Big Bird gets lost? Well, Big, Bird's what, a, Big Bird goes gets, on kind of a road trip and gets adopted uh, by a bird family, but they're weird. I and, should uh, not have. This is going to be another. This should have been an episode, full episode, but I should have not commentary. mentioned Follow That Bird. But uh, Miss Finch, yeah, this is where Big Bird ends up in like a circus, essentially. Yeah, or, okay. And like is a blue, which 
is oh, another the saddest thing. thing the saddest ever. fucking thing. All my feelings <laughs> I are forgot contained all about in this, this movie. But I know I saw it multiple times as a kid. Um, I thought it was some like SCTV spinoff movie or something for a second where you're talking about Dave well, Thomas and Joe Flaherty. They're and, in it. They're these kind of like bad like carnival barker right. guys. They're like they're the Pinocchio. Like, well, round you up, put you in a cage. They're very mm-hmm. good. They're very funny in it. Yeah. Um, John Candy's in it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chevy Chase is the news guy. I liked that a lot as a kid. I think Lorraine Newman does a voice. I'm um, going to admit uh, that is a big hole in my comedic education. I really have not seen much SCTV. I haven't a, a ton except for this one, this thing where uh, Rick Moranis is in a pink suit and he sings... Uh, this bizarre lounge easy listening version of downtown the patula clark song oh with background vocals from like a ghostly michael mcdonald who's not there this is my favorite i mean there's the more famous michael mcdonald right sketch where he's like rushing in to do the background parts on ride like the wind both of those sketches are phenomenal they make me laugh so this downtown one is not that known Oh my god, it is so funny. He's like just in this horrible suit, just strolling around weird, shady parts of Toronto. Uh, I, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to do it justice describing it. It's, it's so funny. SCTV. I don't know. Now we're talking SCTV. We're getting back to Cranium Command, but SCTV is a much like tighter show than early SNL. Oh yeah. I, mean, I think by live. design, it was post SNL, and I think it was there. Like they were like, we're not going to let the talent go to SNL anymore. We're going to do this our way, and we're going to do it tighter and with. Um, and cinematically and, uh, and you know nail these styles in a way that SNL right. can't because they're live and closer to an actual like second city company yes review, review yes yeah. for sure mm-hmm. anyway um, follow the, up the, the big thing up to me about SCTV is like when those when all those guys were off the show like they just dominated movies yeah, right. of the oh, 80s yeah. and 90s like just killer everything you could name from all of those guys there's ev- obviously everything Rick Moranis is in John Candy Catherine O'Hara all, all when you add up all the par all the John Hughes movies and Home Alone and everything Rick Moranis and Ghostbusters and like god what a like assassin squad of comic actors Eugene Levy holy shit yeah it is wild to see everybody from there because it feels that feels like the most successful sketch comedy cast of all time yeah, think about be, it, right? and it's so many of them made together. it to blockbusters. Like even the yes. ones that aren't the star, the top build star of the movie, and they came out of the gate quick too. Like Splash, uh-huh. Eugene Levy, John Candy, amazing in that gigantic hit movie, bringing us back to Disney uh, sure. uh, a little bit. But like, yeah, hey, this is just a good earnest uh, yeah. <laughs> discussion of. Uh, anyway, they'll, they'll play the, the teeth. They'll play the teeth and teeth follies. Uh, if, if this were back yeah. in time, that might have been the the era. You get all SCTV people. SCTV people in uh, uh, Disney attractions. Are there much? I'm well. Moranis well, we is in Short. Honey I Shrunk the mm-hmm. Martin Short is in three things. Right, a We've, bunch. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Quite a few. Um, and then I'm trying to think. Yeah, is John Candy ever in a ride or anything? I don't I think he is. No, I don't think so. It seems like Eugene Levy should be in a theme park attraction. Oh yeah, isn't seems... that waiting to happen? Maybe yeah, well, we'll look into Someone's this. Someone's like screaming at their phone right. right now because there's like a voice. Someone did a voice in the cartoon, and then they reprised it in a ride. And yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. blanking on it. Yeah, probably. Actually, relatedly. Uh, I do have a li- here. I'll I'll take voices out of it just for to make to to crunch this a little. Okay. Can you guys name on camera appearances from SNL cast members in theme park attractions? I have a count of six. 
And not including Cranium Command? Including or including Cranium, Cranium Command, Command which is, overall? Which is, so that's three of them. Well, then, well, like, Martin Short is an SNL cast member, he's too. So many so of he's those in things. a ton of them. Oh, Canada, um, Monster Sound Show, Cinemagique, and Making of Me. <laughs> right? Uh, race through New York, my man. <laughs> of course, you got it. Yes, that's one. One more, though. There's one more. Uh, I'm trying to think. Hint, I just named it. It was in a list that I said. Oh. Oh. Shit. Disney or Universal? Disney. Okay. Man, mm. this isn't good podcasting. No, yeah, it's great. a lot of silence. Building yes, tension. Just say it again. We'll need to build tension when we it's, do yeah. the true crime buzzy thing. <laughs> yeah. We're like, the hydraulic fluid left alone for that long develops a deep crimson shade. So it looks like... This crime scene of blood where Buzzy once sat controlling the child. Well, and we'll need to, like, we'll fill every, we'll, we'll need more air in the podcast, and we'll have to have that music that all the podcasts have. Like, it's always uh-huh. American Beauty. Podcast music yeah. is locked in American Beauty from 1999. And you know what? Like that's going to be great as we're, like, in a very sinister voice reading Cadet Benny is 24 years old. Benny is twice as old as Cadet Anne was when Benny was as old as Anne is now. How old is Cadet Anne? That's one of the that's, that's one a of those trivia question from the line. Yeah, of that's this? one of the trivia questions from the line. Oh, okay. Um, well, to answer this trivia question, uh, Chevy Chase is the answer. Do you know the ride? Hey, everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't we, wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. It's apparently a forgettable one. Man, like, I, nobody yeah, I don't is know coming it. up with what is it. Monster Sound Show. Oh, predating Sounds Sound dangerous. dangerous with Drew yeah. Carey thing. I guess people are not. I don't fond remember that. Of yeah, yeah. Well, we'll hit that one when we're wow. uh, uh, really in the dregs. And uh, that's um, it. There's no. Those are all the on camera with his voices. But right. That's uh, yeah. that'll, that'll be too long to to say. But that's. I mean, okay. The the to get back on track. I think the bigger point here is that I think it was maybe a little unusual to have current uh, comedians and pop cult like recognizable pop culture figures in theme park attractions. Right. A little more common now, still not a ton, but I think they were like in this era at MGM Studios and with Cranium Command, they were starting to break into that a little bit. Um, and I heard an interview with the director of Cranium Commands, Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese, who, another Sounds Dangerous connection. Oh, he Sounds Dangerous, He too. Sounds Dangerous. Jerry Reese's website lists all, he has been involved with like 16 Disney attractions. There's like, so many. There's so many. Uh, uh, I mean, l- the, the Michael and Mickey is one. I don't know if people yeah. remember this super well, but if you never got to see it, there's this great, it like played at on the Disney MGM tour where... Like Mickey gets Michael Eisner to round up all of the characters to go to a screening on the lot, and it's very charming. And Mickey, Michael has a Mickey watch, and Mickey has a Michael Eisner watch. Mm-hmm. I think that's still that's one of my bit. favorite things. Uh, <laughs> they're really leaving money like on the table by not selling a Michael Eisner watch. Oh well, yeah, uh, if we let, can figure out how to miss sell watches, yeah, we'll let do me it. let me ask a question. Uh, I keep sidetracking, but. 
I am a big toy guy, statue guy. If they sold like a reasonably priced, and I'm saying reasonable, 50 to 100, yeah. and it was like a nice Michael Eisner doll with Mickey there and it had maybe the watch gag in it, would you want it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like 100%. No question. 100%. <laughs> I'm not a really a toy guy no, and I, I would get it. I was like, I think Scott would want this. You have a small collection of things, but I think... That's in my wheelhouse. They're exactly. missing out not licensing Eisner, I think. Yeah, he should license out his like classic like young whatever age he was in the 80s. Yes. Because that is he's almost more iconic to Walt than me because right, that's what that's, I grew yeah. up with. Right. And Walt now is everywhere and they have these big paintings they sell in the different art stores on Main Street and like there's no Eisner and Eisner was such a big part of all of these things. Yeah. It would be funny. <laughs> yeah, time has passed and so now we're we're raising him up too soon for Iger dolls. We don't need no, no, I don't know. He needs more time he on camera. Watching him introduce the Star Wars thing on the Christmas parade this year was weird. Yeah. He also, I feel like, changed topic too fast. There was no... He's He was like, happy holidays to everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Star Wars is uh, coming up. Uh-huh. And, like, there was no... It was a real rough... Uh, uh, he's got to learn seg- the art of segways, right? Which Eisner, uh, obviously, <laughs> brilliant, perfect on camera, perfect on camera. <laughs> yeah, sell those Eisner watch. So I'm Eisner, buying all the Eisner merch. Eisner merch. I'm so curious. Again, if they leaving money on it. the table. They're leaving money on the table with like with karate chop action. Great. Or, uh, getting stars to fall in line. Uh, I'm thinking like a hundred. Hey Jeff Daniels, you think you're you really think you're getting an extra five hundred grand for arachnophobia? Huh? Like a hundred. Like I have this Batman '60s toy up here that's very detailed and has a lot of like posability. That level Michael Eisner detail doll with yeah. a little Mickey, I think, is the way to go. Yeah. And then sell that on the in the statue and art and store. And like Batman, he's holding a big bomb, but it's the in his case, it's the film canister for the movie Powder. <laughs> Is there I mean, a better Disney be... bomb from his era. Mm, well, the plans no, that's for good. California Adventure. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, he had um, poke fun at it. Anyway, when we have Eisner <laughs> on the show, which people have been noticing, are tweeting at him and his son to do our show. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes me Please happy. don't bother yes. them too much. Breck is uh, very busy and successful. <laughs> yeah. But I have a part of me. Let him do it on his own terms. Whenever, Breck, whenever you want to come around, we'll be happy to have yeah. you. Yeah. Part of me thinks we could get Michael easier than Breck. Yeah, maybe. But I, I think, think he likes to talk. He had like a, a yeah. Uh, he had a show on CNBC for a little while. Yes, kind of in conversation. He talked to Lorne Michaels, I believe, for a while. Uh-huh. Maybe they established their friendship when he asked, yeah. to, "Can we get Lovitz and uh, Carvey and Nealon?" <laughs> um, so that's I. I that's anyway. I think how we got to the. the this was yeah. an early instance of of stars of the time, and especially mm-hmm. this to me, stars of their time, like. Playing their game, doing their shtick. I mean, Bobcat's there. He's doing. Oh the yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, well no, oh sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, uh, you know, Hans and Franz, unofficial Hans, unlicensed Hans and Franz. Uh, Grodin, <laughs> just one of the best straight men of all time. One of the best mm. voice of reason of all time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and George Went is very much in his zone. Yeah, right, Went. Yeah, I think. Um, well, so I heard an interview. I think this was on uh, Season Pass. Our friends of the Season Pass podcast. They interviewed Jerry Rees, who who direct, mm-hmm. ended up directing Cranium Command. He also directed Back to Neverland, which was another thing. This was a thing on the Disney M- Disney MGM Studios tour as well uh where Walter Cronkite is reporting 
uh, from the theme park or something, and then Robin Williams as not named as Robin Williams, but he's a tourist who's you know doing shtick like Robin Williams. He comes up and like takes a tour and gets animated and learns about animation in the process and ends up in Neverland and making hijinks in a Robin Williamsy way. Mm-hmm. There was apparently. According to Jerry Rees, some general consternation about this, like, well, aren't the theme parks kind of this escapist world, and why would you have just Robin Williams doing his Robin Williams thing? And he said, well, if you think about it, Pinocchio, the voice of uh, Jiminy Cricket in the 40s was recognizable as that comedian doing his Oh, yeah. Or Edwin. Edwin, absolutely. Right. Yes, a guy you might know from TV or movies, and, and we'll do a cartoon character who's like him. Right. Phil Harris, the voice of Baloo, was like a boisterous kind of drunky radio guy. Uh, uh, so, like, uh, so it was actually playing into a tradition more than anybody thought and kind of updating it. Back to Neverland went over so well that they apparently started just throwing stuff at Jerry Rees. Like, mm-hmm. can you fix this? Can you be part of this? There was some little thing on the tour where he directed George Lucas setting up a clip or something or other. Thus, the night of the opening of Disney MGM Studios, George Lucas and Eisner take him aside and like, hey, Jerry, can you fix this Indiana Jones stunt show for us? We just feel <laughs> yeah. like it's not, there's no like... I don't know. It doesn't have any heart. There's no build. There's no story. So now, so this guy all of a sudden is just Mm -hmm. everywhere. Like, like Lucas needs him to do stuff. And among these things where he's a fix it guy is Cranium Command, um, which is, I was having a lot of problems and was like hated project within the company at the time. Yeah. Well, they had outsourced the animation to a different company and it was coming out. Apparently it was all coming out. They were they were giving that and Imagineering like they were following the directives, but it seemed like it was coming out very dry. And like I think they said like, oh, you know, like those nineteen forties informational films they show in schools, and um, it seems like they were making that, and it was dry and kind uh-huh. of condescending and and not hmm. super funny. Yeah, and I maybe you saw the same thing as me. I I, I found a list of like what so they had, uh, uh they had Jerry Rees watch a cut of the, and and so a lot of the pieces of this were there. There was a uh, uh there there was like you know guys in your head controlling your body. Uh, uh, uh general knowledge. I think the general character was still was there, in there, but it wasn't Buzzy. Wasn't Buzzy. It. Yeah. yeah, it was a guy named Captain <laughs> Cortex, which sucks. <laughs> like that sucks. I, I disagree with that. You think that's okay? <laughs> I don't say it's great, but I don't think it sucks. I don't know. If you tell me Captain Cortex is a Disney character, I like the sound of it. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean it's pleasing to the ear, but I think that comes from it was a lot harder, a harder and Star Trek bridge parody. Like I don't need to get so hardcore yet. Buzzy's kind of a, a Rex ripoff in my mind. I was thinking he's Rex. He's yes. not as good as Rex, and I think I'm. I look down a little bit on him because of that. I like his design, but I feel like I know that you're get, I'm getting, getting sad. Furious. <laughs> but Buzzy is a poor man's Rex. Is all I'll say. Ooh, ooh. I'm sorry, Jason's got. A I hear what you're saying. I don't feel this. This, this the the harshness of it. I'm being I, a little harsh. Maybe I'm. I I, we're got both five being hours of sleep, but very, maybe that's we're just both me being today. Harsh for the the sake of humor. 
uh, uh, you'll put your differences. <laughs> we'll aside. put our differences this aside. A, uh, I may be taking this personally because we were texting over the holidays. And I said, I'm going to get ahead of this now. I know I resemble Buzzy. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> set a side by side picture where I had drawn the hats and the headphones on myself. Jason Sheridan. <laughs> Which I will that. post. Yes, yeah. please. Jason Sheridan for Buzzy on Disney Plus, the new Cranium Command TV show. Let's yeah. start that going now. Oh, okay. So in addition to the True Crime podcast about the finding of Buzzy, right. there is also, we will also have a narrative show in which Jason is Buzzy. Yeah. Cross-platform, pa- four quadrants, all the words, It'll, all the buzz mm-hmm. phrases. There'll be a tier you pay for on Disney Plus that's just Cranium Command-based programming it's an extra five dollars on top of the regular fee well you know what's there's a lot there because you there's all of the workplace drama within the head right it's it's yeah jason is buzzy uh you know trying to keep the gang together it's kind of a a, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a 30 rock sort of like everybody's a kook in my office but we got to unite for the common goal and then you can also do Wonder Years style coming of age oh, stuff yeah. with the boy whose body you're piloting. Right. Oh yeah, and then you can do like some prestige stuff, like he discovered, like has to cope with a, a death in the family, or like if you really want to, like cranium <laughs> command sure. of like kid from Gummo, like oh, God. really dark <laughs> art movie sort of cranium command. Yeah, I mean every genre and is the potential for cranium command. All the actors that appeared in the ride aren't on a TV show right now and could easily do the show. Mm, we could going have the, through it and yeah, you're right. They're yep. all available. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's we'll line that up once we get everything else. They're all up. still around. Huh? They're all still around. And I think all of those people are very funny. They're great. Everyone's yeah. great. What yeah. a good cast. A so we've already cast. got a perfect cast now led up by Jason, Jason Sheridan as And if Buzzy. anybody ever needed to leave Here's what happens. Mm. Like if, you know, if if George Went wants out, then the kid gets sick, needs a stomach transplant. <laughs> a transplant. Wow. Yeah, you know, a stomach yeah, transplant. Yeah, yeah that thing that happens thing. all the time. And and you and you so he and that's a very dramatic episode as well and then of you course. end up with a new uh, uh, so I don't know who uh, Josh Gad. Sure. I mean, he's busy, but <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Um we can, well, I'll, calls, I'll put Mitch on the list. Mike oh, Mitchell, yeah, sure. I'll submit it to Disney. It's up to them if if that's going to work for him. I think Mitch would knock it out of the park. Oh, I 100%. Agree. Mm-hmm. I, we believe in Mitch. Uh, so this is, oh my God, great ideas left and right. We can yep. barely focus on I know. the on, actual On the ride. I, um, we're just try, we're trying to stay... It's just the joy of the ride is pulling us away from the disaster of uh, how it started. I know. It's a bummer to think about uh, that there was ever a time when this wasn't uh, working. So apparently, all right, so so they show a cut of it to Jerry Rees, and a cut of this is very confusing because if you have not been on... This attraction, you are inside a head, and there are there is a animatronic doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Who's going back and forth on an arm? There's two screens that are the eyes. There's other screens that are the where the various parts of the body pop up and uh, do their status reports. So mm-hmm. imagine trying to piece this together. How do you possibly edit this thing? It's so many components complex. all syncing right. up. So they show Jerry Rees some version of this 
Uh, he said, as you said, Jason, this thing, it's very obvious and patronizing. Uh, uh, it's, it's like talking down to you. It's too educational. Uh, the eye screens were only used occasionally and then shut off. So there's, these are like the, the biggest screens in the theater and they are black for a ton of the show. And he's like, no, 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 this needs to be madcap. We need, that needs to always be on and little sequences, the kids running to get to the bus and he's in a food fight and all these POV things that'll be tough to pull off, but look really cool. Uh, um, And he also, I think all of the body parts that they fleshed to were animated and not live action. So that was one of his pitches was, well, if we don't have a lot of time here, let's only animate the pre-show uh, um, and the general, the rest of it, let's do live action and let's have these recognizable actors. So instead of building all this mythology, it's like, oh, George Wendt, I know him. Uh, 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 Charles Grodin, I know him. And you can plug right into their appeal. Yeah, and it seems like they they were able to accomplish that pretty easily because when you break down what the actual production is, you shoot all the POV stuff in the school and the house and stuff. And then they went to sound stages and shot each comedian and Mm -hmm. like it it was very interesting reading about like okay so they had to like match shots and use blur so like the eyes looked right and stuff and Mm -hmm. then when he was shooting the comedians they had a monitor playing the the other the live action footage they had shot from the kids pov really just incredible thinking about this and i i saw an anecdote about it the the ad on it then after this went and worked on t2 judgment day and he said this was the best training for that because that was so insanely complex of a production wow it's so deceptively complicated yeah Mm -hmm. because like the thing is very fast and i think most as we usually the barometers like most dads wander into the ride and are like okay yeah got it okay and then they leave but like if you really think about breaking it down and how you have to coordinate all of it it's pretty crazy there's a tongue and all the mediums it is cell animation apparently the last disney product fully done in the traditional yeah like uh, uh ink and paint style uh um i you know other things still used a lot of that but not entirely front mm-hmm. to back i believe at the newly opened disney mgm studios animation wing oh they f- oh that's right that was also on the the jerry reese interview that you if you went if, well, right when the park opened if you took a tour of the animation facilities the they take the first place they take you is the storyboard room and they were storyboarding cranium command a yeah. future attraction for mm-hmm. uh, just up the road uh, um so yeah live yeah live action and pov and robots all of this working together and apparently when jerry Reese had to show rough cuts of this thing it was like unwatchable and katzenberg is sitting in this going uh-huh. like I guess I just gotta trust you here because I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't like, uh, uh, and it. I think it didn't really come together until the, the last minute. Which they gave him pretty free once Jerry Reese gave notes on it. Then they gave it's like, all right, you fix it. You have like free reign. But this we've used half the budget, and you have to do it in this time frame. Like it is, it's crazy how complex it is, and how it's still like watching the video of it. I was like this. Still holds up. This holds up better than Journey into your imagination. A mm, ride well, still into in the park. Well, everything holds up better than that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it, it's it's no, weird. No, but I mean, it's yeah, it it plays. It plays. It plays. Well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's all very dynamic. And I think the the style or like the rushed timeline created some fun stylistic stuff. Oh that yeah. They that's I think why they had to do. 
uh, cut out sort of Monty Python Terry Gilliam style mm-hmm. in the pre-show. If you, if you watch the pre-show, like the the commandos get inside their heads, and the and the heads are live action, and they like it's, climb up into them, uh, uh, which I associated at the time as you can't do. I that was going to say that style. Yeah. What I think, I'm going to go. No, no, that's Monty Python. They stole that from. Yeah, Monty I had to learn that 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 was not a like an open style anybody could do. Right. That was Terry Gilliam. That scared me too as a kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the idea of your being on head cracking line. open ooh, too. Yeah. Like I, ooh, I hated it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. That pre-show, of course, the first directing job for Kirk Wise and Gary Truesdale. Yes, that's another thing that's crazy too. Is that situation that um, that was their first directing job, and Katzenberg liked that short so much. He he may have liked it more more than the actual. That's what he ride. said. He yeah. goes, "This is better than the ride. It's better than the ride." <laughs> Wow. And so he gave them, it's like, hey, can you, we're having problems on this feature. Can you, can you take it over? And can that you... feature was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. God, which also had a, yeah, they were, they, there was a director who had to get fired from yeah. that. Right. So, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You handled that little pre show so well. Please make this Oscar caliber. Uh... But similar problems. Like it wasn't, funny it was like it was too serious so oh, is that right they okay. they they had done this funny pre-show and and they got to do this wow. uh should also say jerry reese directed a movie i really liked as a kid the brave little toaster yeah, yeah. sure um mm-hmm. which is i mean already i think that's a great uh work uh it is the best i think of what i call the upsetting era of animation we're talking great <laughs> mouse detective uh-huh. land before time uh, American Tale, the first one, less yes. the second one. All dog go, all, all dogs, dogs go, go to heaven, heaven sure. and probably the most upsetting one, Rockadoodle. <laughs> Rockadoodle. <laughs> Why upset is that the me most upsetting? Because there was always uh, s- lightning storms and tornadoes, and he couldn't see. Lost his voice, and he finally gets it back. But just mm. wait, Rockadoodle was the most upsetting. Rockadoodle stressed me out. I, <laughs> Rockadoodle. I, Obviously, the scariest movie ever made is Follow That Bird. Are you crazy, yeah. Jason? That's a scary movie. <laughs> Rockadoodle is just a fun Elvis chicken. Is that right? Yeah, he is an Elvis chicken, but he's like washed up Elvis chicken for a lot of the movie. <laughs> the Land idea of struggling time. in an industry stressed you out as oh, well. Man, you were steady, you <laughs> that were preparing for later. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, All Dogs wow. Go to Heaven is about dogs dying. Uh, I mean, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you also in that list missed Secret of Nim, which I don't know very well, but isn't that oh, fairly upsetting in various I think ways? So. I think so. Black Cauldron's very dark as well. Mm-hmm. What about Fern Gully? Kind of dark. There's darkness. There's dark stuff yeah, in yeah. That the too. smog is very uh, upsetting. I, I think too, though, that is like '90s. Like I think in the '90s, you saw a brighter color palette. Like, and I found that more. Com- Rescuers down under is '90s. Ferngall is it? Yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah. I guess. I think yeah. that's like '93, isn't it? Wow. I'm also uh, also very upset by Rover Dangerfield. I mean, seeing <laughs> <laughs> seeing a an, seeing a poor defenseless animal get no respect <laughs> be more upsetting I think just than that. These, these sort of dark uh, uh, Rockadoodle's ninety one. Sorry. Oh, okay. So yeah. so tail end, but Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, Fern Gold. You saw brighter looking animated films, and I think I found that more at ease. Well, Oliver could, and Company, brighter looking. Who could forget the dark poster of Rockadoodle? <laughs> See, but that's that's it's so bright, it's not so accurate bright. to the movie because he's just constantly. I gotta watch Rockadoodle. I've never <laughs> seen Rockadoodle. Yeah, me neither. We gotta I'm watch. Curious what you're talking Maybe about? Maybe that's I Patreon. Watch it a lot. I watched it a lot too because we had it on VHS. 
I, let me look at the trailer for Rocket. Great Doodle. Mouse Detective. I think I was comforted by like, well, he's clearly a Sherlock Holmes type. Like I knew the concept so he of can Sherlock. Navigate he his is way a hero. Out of a problem. He'll figure this out. Like, <laughs> I will tell. You, I will say this in uh, to to defend you now. Rocket Doodle is darker than that poster. It is like a little bit of trailer you're watching. Yeah, just a little like darker color palette. Um. Mm. And it doesn't look like the fun romp I always imagined. Mm-hmm. Right. We got so to delve into this, right. this gripping, this, uh, uh, you know, uh, Aronofsky-esque um, <laughs> traumatic it's like, film. Uh, it's like the cool world, right? It's, I mean, uh, if I had to write like a term paper, I would probably, and it's people have already probably talked about this, where it's like bef- all of those movies and like the pre of those movies, Black Cauldron, all that mm-hmm. crap, all the scratchy, dark-looking Disney and other animated movies it's probably like oh is this the first or second generation that really grew up with feature length cartoons and now they have their own ideas but they want to push the limits they want to make it dark like oh maybe yeah well and it also seems like that 80s when when disney was not before the golden age before little mermaid you had tim burton in the mix you had uh uh Don Bluth is kind of darker in general. Was mm. it Disney uh, uh, at some point? Correct. I, I believe he was. I, I think so. Uh, yeah. I'm forgetting another name in the in the darkness. I mean, like, uh, wasn't Laster originally involved with Brave Little Toaster? Yes. And they didn't want to do it. And uh, and then he uh, just made a different version of it called Toy Story. Oh, were they so were they sort of affiliated? In some well, way? just like in the sense that it's like not human like little characters going on adventure like there's a lot of parallels inanimate yeah anthropomorphized and and toy story uh uh, originally notoriously the the like animatic storyboard cut of it was very horrible yeah depressing and woody was an asshole and uh uh, so a lot of these things i think start i I, yeah i don't know i think there's something about animation i guess that's so like you know nebulous that you can end up with something that just I don't know. This should work. That we got funny mm-hmm. voices, we got good artists, and why doesn't it work? Yeah. But it's kind of magical when it like does all come together. There is a figure, by the way, in this. I have I have a lot of like uh, I'll I'll hey uh, dry facts ahead. I wrote down. <laughs> there's some pretty interesting like personnel on this on Cranium Command oh, yeah. in general, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. the pre-show. And there's a figure I found who I hadn't heard of before, who's uh, uh you know maybe part of navigating animation out of what you're talking about into the brighter zone. Uh, this a guy named David Pruixma, uh, who is the main character animator of Buzzy in the pre-show. Uh, he's he's he had a nickname at CalArts, where a lot of these guys came from. Uh, he was the king of cute, and hey. uh, and he applied that Buzzy certainly one. Buzzy's pretty adorable. If there was, I bet Captain Cortex was not as sort of rambunctious, relatable as Buzzy. Right. So he made the, the character cuter, made the whole thing work. He went on to animate the seahorse messenger in Little Mermaid. Oh, very uh, cute. He did Mrs. Potts and Chip mm-hmm. in uh, Beauty and the Beast, Great. like the supervising animator of these parts. The Sultan in Aladdin, another short, rotund, lovable, roly-poly right. guy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have yourself, you're in much better shape than the Thank Sultan. Thank you. I try to work out. <laughs> Uh, uh, and uh, and he apparently, uh, uh, well, oh, I think I missed uh, Pumbaa. I think he worked on Pumbaa. And oh, then uh. Uh, personally animated almost every frame of uh, Flit the Hummingbird in uh, uh, Pocahontas. Oh, So you're Flit. not even looking at him like giving notes. Like this guy personally drew a lot, which is crazy to think about. I'll be honest. I did not remember Flit. 
No, none of those characters really landed, but I bet if you watched a big if you watched a bunch of flit, you would probably appreciate I mean, I uh, know, the art the art of it. I'm sure I would. I mean I know Grandmother Willow, I know of um, Meek what's the raccoon's name? Uh, Miko. Miko. Uh and then I, that's about uh, it. Huh. Huh. Now that's um, a whole other the the angular nineties mid to late nineties Disney anime. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas, uh Hunchback, I guess a little. Certainly Hercules, Atlantis. Yeah, everything got more. They all got like like cor- like corners in their noses, right? Yeah, everything yeah. got a lot more like uh, yeah. What what is and the DreamWorks character? Oh, you're like Road to El Dorado's are all kind of oh, like craggy yeah. and angular and weird. Which mm-hmm. one of these fellows uh, went on to do it? Like Kirk Wise did directed Atlantis. Oh, that's right. Oh, and they both did. Uh, they did Hunchback. They did Hunchback mm-hmm. together, and then uh, the other one went. On, I think they split off and did did their own. Uh, work. One of them directed Peabody and Sherman a few oh, years gotcha. ago. Oh, Okay. Uh-huh. Um, other personnel on this thing, the music by David Newman, who is Randy Newman's cousin, who is oh. also a film score composer. Uh, he has, uh, like, a, all the Newmans are film score composers. Everyone the, in that family. His, his, uh, his, not his dad, but his, like, uncles were composers, too. God, everybody. And, like, going way back to the dawn of cinema. I yeah. Like. Yeah. Uh, uh, this he he uh, reunited uh, with Jerry Rees, uh, for having also done the score of Brave Little Toaster and the original Frank and Weenie short for uh, Tim Burton. Mm, uh, went on to do all of Danny DeVito's movies from Throw Mama to the Train to Death to Smoochie. Wow! Uh, Ice Age, Bill and Ted, The Flintstones, The Mighty Ducks, The Nutty Professor, uh, and and the recent Night School. So he's still doing a ton of stuff. Wow. This is one of his first uh, scores. Uh, and this was the weirdest one to me. The DP of this thing, who did an amazing job with all of the POV and all of those crazy sets and different worlds for all of the body parts, was a guy named David M. Walsh, who was also the DP of the Woody Allen film, Everything You Always Wanted to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask, which culminates in a section that is essentially Cranium Command. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen this movie? I've seen the movie. The final, it's like an anthology movie, kind of, and the final piece of it is... The like a body preparing for sex. Oh, yeah. Woody Allen is one of the sperms, and That's in the right. control center, Tony Randall and Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. It the, uh, really that movie may be the real impetus of the idea of lots of little guys in your body controlling it. Yeah, that's and the interesting. same guy shot both of them. Very wow, strange. Wow, that is weird. And yeah. he's never talked about. I assume there's no big interview with this man <laughs> about Cranium Command or anything to Where say the, like, oh, that's why they hired me because they saw that and they knew I could handle uh, military sets inside <laughs> of bodies. Huh. Uh, and let's not forget uh, an animator on this. One of their first jobs, Pete Doctor, director of Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Which right. He said you know heavily influenced by this working on this attraction so crazy this was one of his first jobs ever he was a development intern in the disney company was like there was there was such little staff and they had to rush this thing together and people liked his shorts uh and they Mm -hmm. so they said i you know you could probably handle some shots of this movie so there's a couple of shots fully animated by pete doctor one of his first things went on to obviously be involved in every Pixar movie, directed Monsters, Inc., up, inside out, uh, uh, and is now the creative head of Pixar. Um, so, yeah, crazy. Uh, uh, incredible staff of this thing, who all went on to do, like, to really... It's like an all-star group. It truly is. Yeah. yeah. All Sorry, making a pretty good... Co-director of Inside... Ronnie Del... Oh, Ronnie Del Carmen is the co-director, and I think Pete Doctor. Oh, really? Oh, okay. As director. They started doing more of that. 
in recent years at Pixar. Oh, where maybe a like weaving in the next people. Sort of an apprentice, yeah. Sure, sure. But, but yeah, Inside Out also, yeah, Cranium Command predates Inside Out in terms of uh, watching the mechanics inside a body, although as Pete Doctor points out, it's a lot more emotional than the, the physical and the functionality of the body. Right. But I'd also like to shout out another thing uh, between bridging the gap of tiny people in bodies from uh, Cranium Command to Inside Out, we can't forget about Meet Dave, the Eddie Murphy film in mm-hmm. which Eddie Mur- there is a spaceship that looks like Eddie Murphy being piloted by lots of tiny people, including our friend Paul Shear, uh, who plays Lieutenant Kneecap in the film. Uh, uh, which, have you guys heard this story he's told this on several podcasts i think i I think i repeat it but where he was hired to be lieutenant butt because they saw a headshot and thought he was fat from the neck down (laughs) they like somehow from his face thought he was fat so they hired him to be the butt and then it was a really tense filming it and they fired him on set Uh and he walked away was upset and then they came back and said oh yeah we well we thought you were fat so we got the sound guy to do it because the sound guy's fat anyway you want to be the kneecap (laughs) and he filmed a scene that felt very just like hey let's toss him a bone the scene is not in the movie his shoulder maybe is in the movie uh uh, very odd thing but yeah paul shear has done time in the in the body minds in the body yeah. minds uh, the other one of course is Herman's Head oh my god there's the a lot of show these it's from a 1990, robust genre yeah the 1991 show on uh, Fox Whoa. Uh, where he had like four different people I think in his head playing these like different emotions right including that Yardley it. Smith yes the yes. Simpsons Lisa uh, Simpson yeah that's the only thing I know about it and there was some like Simpsons joke at some point where Lisa defends Herman's head lightly. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. why that's in there. Um, now, I solely know Herman's head as a comedy point of reference. Like I think on The Simpsons and another '90s show made a joke about like Herman's head. It was on for three seasons. Oh my god! <laughs> what? Yeah. What? That's yeah, wild. That's like one of those like Fox shows. Oh man, the dog's comfortable. Uh, <laughs> uh, where uh, like. I didn't realize how long it was like Models Inc. Like shows mm. I didn't watch, but you would see ads for it during yeah. The Simpsons. Sure. Rock. I was thinking about ro- whatever Rock was, R O C. Yes, yes. And then they started doing Rock Live. <laughs> and how is it? I, just, I always wanted to see Rock Live. Why haven't I achieved that dream now? Maybe, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do that in this when we watch uh, Rock a Doodle. We'll also watch Rock Live. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> rock Fest. Podcast the ride rock fest. Yeah. <laughs> so um, followed by action. Check out Jay Moore's action. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, we'll do a mini podcast every episode of action. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um, Hank was on Herman's head too. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> another several Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons cast. Um, the do you, what did you see inside control rooms in Herman's head? Do you know? Oh, that's a good question. How did they represent the who? What was in the head? Um, well, the poster has like four people and his head is split open, but I don't think that's oh. how they showed it. Are you freaked out by that still on some like baby level? The yeah, idea yeah, yeah. Head split open. There's a, I didn't like when Mr. Burns cut open Homer's head in the Treehouse of Horror and you'd see his brain. That's upsetting. I yeah. found that as a kid, I was like, Ooh, like it really creeped me out. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, was cool. Wow, you were well. You were as we've established, you were the coolest of the three of us as Apparently. a child. <laughs> oh, I don't, I didn't know. I. I'm looking at the opening to Herman's head right now. I think they were just like sitting around like this and like talking <laughs> through stuff. Love They're, the opening, by the way. Great strobe uh, effects. Yeah, really. Uh, it looked better on old TV. There's Hank. Hank. Is Hank in the head? I guess these are all in his head. Ken Hudson Campbell. Rick Wallace. The original Artie Lang. <laughs> Peter McKenzie. 
Yeah, so that's I think that's how they were in the head. They were all like crammed in there. Hmm. Huh? I think that's was a, it my like guess. bloody or did it look like a library? Was I, I think sensing? it looked like a yeah, like a library, like a little crammed. Hold on, I'll, I'll pause it here because the audience is riveted again. Yep. Yeah, look, it almost looks like the back, like Beekman's World in the back or something. Well, it's it very looks... fish eye. It's yeah. very in your face. So. Um, the the in, inside the brain, the uh, uh, brain brain dramas. I don't know what to call these. Um, if uh, it's I, I I like a lot of stuff in this genre. Yeah, head scratchers. <laughs> sure, great. I guess that's more. They're called head scratchers. Yeah. For of now, just, yeah. it, uh, Fox now uh, Disney owns Fox, so Disney owns Herman's head. Oh, officially, I think so. They can so. get well. All right, on the Disney Plus show, the Disney Plus show, and in, and obviously they'll be fine giving us the Inside Out characters. Yeah, he, easy. The the oh my god, it's waiting to happen. The Cranium Command boy dates the girl from Inside Out, and yep. Herman is around as like an uncle figure. <laughs> <laughs> and then well, who owns Meet Dave? I hope it's Fox. Oh, and Disney owns Fox. it now. It might be Fox. Oh all please! Right. On, oh please! See. I Meet think that Dave. I think it might be. Is it Fox? Oh, oh my God! Here we go. Is it Fox? Anticipation. Dun, dun, uh, dun, dun. Okay. Podcast music. Distributed by 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Meet Dave. All right, let's go. All the head scratchers are gonna. I mean, I'll say head scratchers as a name of this series and extended universe is pretty. Wow, what a triumph! Yeah, I don't mean to make Jason not the main character. It'll still center on you, but all these other. You know, the long, the more we can expand this universe, the better it will be for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you guys want to get Woody Allen in on it too? Well, oh, uh, uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. Burt Reynolds, I, I guess. Burt Reynolds is in. Been wild about that Amazon show. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, we'll discuss off off pod. Off of um, so, uh, oh my God, a robust genre, and this is a fantastic entry in it. Should we talk about the? Uh, should we go through the story of the? Of the ride, yes. You, you so you enter through, you enter into a hallway <laughs> with four posters in it, which have uh, a trivia poster. Well, a there's real... a propaganda recruiting posters, which is a yeah. go-to theme park queue thing. That's often, yeah. That's why there's so many people flooding through any space as you're being brought into some mission. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a very chintzy hallway. <laughs> I think all the money went to fixing the movie and not to yeah. yes. the hallway. It's an unimpressive hallway. I'm sorry. Am, am I offending you with this? Jason? No, no, no. Okay. It's pretty It's pretty uh, lackluster. Okay. I mean, yeah. So you have the propaganda posters, like you said, Scott. Yeah, the, the brain teasers. Uh, what is... Does someone know the answer to that Cadet Betty one? Because I could not figure it out. I felt so dumb. Don't know it offhand. Okay. I don't either. Um, we could put it to the uh, listeners. Solve this for us. Solve this. Is Solve. brain teasers a better word for the brain, genre of the me, show? Brain benders. Brain they benders. Use the term brain benders. Brain benders as the name of the of the genre is not oh, bad. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll keep mm, at closer. it. Also. We'll closer. We'll keep. We'll keep. by the end of the episode. Uh. uh so. Uh. Several posters. Then you sit and you watch this video in which general knowledge is talking to the recruits, people who are going to go inside the brain. They've presumably finished the Commando Academy. Mm-hmm. They're all taking on their missions, and most of the commandos are more militaristic uh, starship troopers uh-huh. type, uh, handsome, uh, bright young boys and girls. Service equal, they keep saying service equals citizenship. <laughs> it's very unnerving. Do you want to see more? 
Uh, so then, but there's but one guy is late, and it's our little buddy Buzzy. 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 Now, I, now, is he younger than all of them? Is he a Doogie Hauser? It's a lot of questions mm-hmm. that are not answered. Yeah. I think he's just a little guy trying his best, and I think that's why I like him. <laughs> uh, I, I certainly related to that as a child, a little guy trying his best. I, mm-hmm. You know what did not sink in when it is said at some point? You'd think how much I watched this and how much I liked it, this would have sunk in more when they say, like, um, uh, uh, oh, God, what was it? It's something like um, uh, worrying yourself sick, real stress or imagined stress, <laughs> Like, those lines were very, that was my childhood. Like, I was a very nervous child. And not from any, I was all just doing it to myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, for whatever reason, even though Cranium Command is like, no matter how you generate stress, it will feel the same way. It's okay, calm down, just take a minute and breathe. That never sunk in. The lesson <laughs> never sunk in. You heard it. You can yeah. you can recite it, but you'd feel like today you're still in the same shoes as... Uh, I'm, now I'm figuring it out. Now I'm <laughs> just working recently. on it. Yeah, sure. just recently in the last three years. Mm-hmm. So. Well, then through our therapy, which, yeah. which equals this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> do, you think, do you think maybe as a child you had like kind of a buzzy guy in your head and he wasn't so good at managing everything? Mm, probably yeah that's probably <laughs> blame right. the guy blame the guy and that wasn't your fault oh okay cool it's it is a real this brings a, it all brings up a lot of free will issues oh yeah are we all just piloted by a little guy i would argue that if we want to get i do think like free will is an illusion i kind i do think that's true damn oh Wow. I kind of feel like man you're talking ooh. like the john lovitz right brain <laughs> yeah i'm right for lovitz I'm like a real hippie man. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's true. I think we sort of everything's we're gonna do what we're gonna do, and we're if you're if you're able to change, you will change. But if you're not, it's not gonna. It's all it's all pre it's all it's all a it's all an equation. Is what I'm saying. I Does, believe it's sort of all an equation, and you can sort of guess what everybody's gonna do if you had the most like crazy precise math equation. Whoa, that's what I feel. Uh, but <laughs> here the other the only. The other thing that I know about your uh, philosophy and role models is your love of Jimmy Buffett. That's true. Who is who is relaxed and easygoing? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's relaxed and easygoing because he knows everything is predetermined? So let's just chill out and let it happen. Or is he relaxed because he does like? I, I you seem like stressed out in your free will assessment. Yeah, I, I'm. I guess. I mean, I think I'm like Jason. I'm sort of a stressed out person in general. Um, I think Jimmy Buffett. Uh, there's a persona, Jimmy Buffett, and then the craven businessman, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> so I think craven, craven businessman uh, knows everything's predetermined. He's torn between and left and right brain. He's torn between the two. Some of your stress might also be coming from the fact that you you look to Jimmy Buffett for inspiration, but you're also constantly talking about how sick and twisted that clown prince of crime the joker is and how he might actually be the most sane one <laughs> oh yeah that that you thing i'm always talking saying. about constantly talks about i, I constantly mean, talk about the for joker ha- 10 halloweens now you've been wearing that joker makeup and why so serious why i say so serious? i say it all it's the time all part of the plan <laughs> um you know i think really honestly maybe my stress comes from me trying to um, fight against my own programming. I feel like I'm trying to break out of a, of a simulation. I don't want to get too weird here. 
Simulation. I'm trying to yes, but, but um, I think my philo- I think I was formed by the end of Back to the Future Three, where the facts is erased uh, because the future mm. is what you make of it. Sure, uh, I think that movie taught me, but I think that uh, I, I I think at that uh, uh, at the age of ten, seeing that film, I think it made me think. I think I do believe in free will because Doc Brown showed that mm. uh, the future is not determined interesting and uh, uh which you and some parts of back to the future might make you think that it is because things just line up uh uh i'm, I'm losing i'm not smart enough to even hyperanalyze back to the future three but uh uh no yeah i uh doc brown i think uh, uh saved me from uh thinking that we're all just cogs in a machine mm-hmm. Thanks, i mean doc I- that is a better way to think about life. And if I really analyze it at free will, I guess I do feel like you can fight against the worst instincts in your brain and change. So I guess maybe I'm not as cynical if I truly analyze it. Because, you know, I do think like like I, I've broken out, you know, I've broken out of some bad habits in my life. So maybe, you know, maybe everything can be different. Maybe we can change, you know, I don't want to get too. You started wearing a hat this year. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good example. Like I was a hat, not a hat man for many years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then maybe I'm also just like predisposed to trying to change things up. So really, I don't really know. You did open up and tell us the story of how you got those scars. I'm figuring out this this runner. This, this that runner Mike this, is the Joker. This bit is one of Jason's like ham fisted. Like I'm gonna keep cramming this in here. I mean, I'm happy to to jump on. I'm just figuring yeah. out. I just want to call out the game if we can. The game is yeah. that Mike is the Joker. The ga- the it game is that like the- I guess the if we analyze what this joke is, the joke is that like I'm kind of like a lame like hot topic philosophy guy who like really like is like the joker and I who is sort of a 15 year old like an unformed yeah like a like a bat like a shooter inspired by the joker yeah i think that's <laughs> the big right? hang and everything yeah, off so. of okay uh, um <laughs> yeah yeah so i uh, yeah so you I, get all your inspiration from hot topic t-shirts exactly and like i call my girlfriend harley and stuff and we wear makeup and make out <laughs> all right you've crossed the line <laughs> T- tmi right. you should if you're going to take inspiration from anybody at hot topic it should be that free will and deadpool he does what he wants to do that's true he doesn't take uh, crap from nobody and uh he, his will is freer than anybody's it's true all right he, he deadpool proves that free will exists so be less joker and more deadpool okay. well that'll be my 2019 resolution <laughs> <laughs> uh okay anyway out of the free will stuff uh yeah well i also i have another question stemming from this and again i don't want to also open up a can of worms but Mm -hmm. you know i know this is this is well a hot topic to repeat that Mm -hmm. this is kind of a hot topic but um is a baby a human being at conception (laughs) or are they a baby or are they a baby when the uh, a little boy is put in their brain Oh yeah, when did well, when we're did they not get their... converting? Why do you keep trying to do this off mic? When do they get their little boy? Is the question. When um, do you get? What age do you get your little boy? Do you get your little pilot? Uh, yeah, when 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 in the pre-show when we're looking at the room of all of the broken heads, 
If anyone's listening to this episode who hasn't, this is more than any, you need you to, have watch to watch this it. thing so that you know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, but, there's actually, there's full, good quality ride-throughs on YouTube. I was happy to see. Yeah, this like did HD. Play in HD, yeah. 2006, play, I watched 2006, the video from. 2006, yeah. Oh, still going, huh? Still mm-hmm. going. But I was shocked. That's what's so confusing is that Buzzy gets in the head of a 12-year-old boy, but as I said, who was in it before, what metaphysical space is the opened up head in and we also see just we see like elderly people in that yeah. room of heads where are you when do you do you do some people not get their little head controllers until uh, it would make old sense. age it is odd that they just didn't go with and i'm trying to think of a narrative reason it's just odd they didn't go with like babies it's like a stork kind of right. situation it's odd that you would just like there's not in the cartoon he's yelling it all the same stuff can happen and they're like little cartoon people, and they jump into babies. But then how do you get to the 12-year-old? How do you get to, like, navigating a day? I think that's what that's, they I guess you're right. That's the, the narrative chase. problem, is that you need it to have, like, hijinks and stuff go wrong. And you need to explain why Buzzy is so bad mm-hmm. at controlling this person. And yeah. that is, like, the right age where, like, everything feels important. Everything feels high stakes, like adolescence kicking in you know mm-hmm. 12 i think because buzzy first like welcomes everyone into the auditorium he's like all right let's start this up he's waking up in the morning i was assuming that the heads that is all taking place in the dream space or okay. like the subconscious like Which that's almost show you like, a little bit yeah they show you a little bit of everyone getting in the heads and stuff so i'm assuming that's almost like if your car is at the mechanic the car is off it's stationary it's not running so this is, it's like the humans are at rest. So that's when you get resets. Now, whether, do you also get new uh, people running your organs? Do you get new left and right <laughs> ventricles? Are they swapped out at some point or are they with you for life? Well, that's what I was saying about a stomach transplant. Right. Uh, I think for sure that, for sure if you get a new heart, then there's a new person yeah. in there. However... I like why does why was there a buzzy change? Are you able to change people the, out just when they're asleep, or does you, you have do you have to like have an act? Do you have to be in a coma mm. for cranium commands to do the switch? I out? think what they should have done is that they shouldn't have buzzy's voice should not have been the kid's voice. Mm-hmm. That was a big problem. Yep. But I think you could explain that like this buzzy type character, whoever was controlling the kid before, did such a good job. He's going to move up into a like a more prominent human. Okay. So uh-huh. he's like he's now he's going to control like a CEO or a president. That's and then a new one has to be hired to to fill the role of this twelve year old. Well, it's also okay. possible he died in action. Well, that is too dark. Okay. <laughs> he is in a bomber jacket. Yeah. Is he a is he like the sector keeper? A ghost from the past? A ghost boy? Oh from yeah. The past uh, locked in time. Hmm. 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 Again, I I believe reading about this thing storyboarded this in a week. <laughs> so um, that's that's the answer we're looking for. At least the preview. So wouldn't we be the like like we're always you, everyone complains like network notes, but the three of us like I don't know here the huh. that's a good the point. I don't like logic. this attitude in a way of like picking apart the logic because uh-huh. we yeah if we were like giving him this attitude while they were making the thing there wouldn't they there wouldn't have been a cranium it, it, yeah it wouldn't have been efficient it does i mean again yeah it still plays as mike said like yes. it's so there's enough grounding there for like a 20 25 minute experience uh-huh no one is thinking of these issues while they are watching 
George went as the funny stomach man. <laughs> that overrides any of these bizarre metaphysical issues. Yeah. This, uh, um, uh, but there are story problems. I they think do remain. That the voice not being that that's a big I think that's that, the big you one. fix that whole and I, I shut up about a lot of yeah. other stuff. You know, it, we, we have to think about these things because if we're looking towards a sub-platform within another streaming platform of exclusively brain-bender-based shows, mm-hmm. you got to figure this stuff out so you have solid footing, you know? Mm-hmm. I My fear, though, is that this project ultimately is not us doing it. It's the little guys in our heads, and I'm worried that they're going to fuck up the brain bender mm. like we're ultimately mm. at the whims of these little guys so i just hope they've got a good tv show in them well yeah you and, know and command way- our little finger guys to <laughs> type 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 the scripts well i one way to exercise power is by releasing you know releasing control wow. it's harder than taking control to exercise power but release stepping away and releasing control can, uh, is know. that a therapy thing you learned? That is a therapy. Okay. Like you have to let stuff, You're of the three let of stuff us, go. The only one in therapy? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of years now. Right. It's smart. great. Smart. It's very helpful. Very smart. Yeah. Uh, yep. I think we'll both be paying the price for not not, not, not letting a lot it. of stuff go for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like it really building up when we're like 45. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's and just it's, like the weeds. News for the weeds are so overgrown at that point that the therapists were just trying to get out of there and try to figure out. Oh, we should have taken care of this earlier. Yeah, because it takes a while for the lessons to set in and become, you know, habit oh, and, and start practicing them too. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all got like horror. We've got horrible, dense armies in our brains. We wish mm-hmm. it were as simple as just a Charles Grodin and a. And a John Lovitz. Right. They have plenty of space to move. We have like, yeah, just weird, some faceless uh, foot army. Yeah, my like, there's like 10 people doing the job of one Charles Grodin in my head. (laughs) Bumping into each other. Trying to have all different opinions about what to do. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say Grodin and Lovitz playing off each other. I think is is very fun. I mean, I did mm-hmm. used to. I know we clowned on Love It's a bunch in the past, but like as a kid, I loved John Love It on SNL. Of course, he uh, something happened. I, I feel when you add yeah. up not just him on S, obviously great on SNL, the but critic. then yeah, everything uh. on The Simpsons, League of Their Own, Big. Yeah. Um, there's something else uh, pretty good I'm missing. Uh, I mean, this he's like, and he, it's like a, he's playing a character that is not. His exact wheelhouse. You haven't right. seen Lovitz do this shade exactly, uh, and I think it's very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He was like he was he was real sharp. I'm definitely an appreciator of uh, yeah, of uh, course the the yeah the early John Lovitz body work. Uh, uh, I also hope- in uh, uh, Brave Little Toaster. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Brave Little Toaster is that. John Lovitz uh, and and Phil Hartman pre SNL. And Mindy Sterling, Frau mm-hmm. uh, Farbissina from Austin Powers, which makes me think Jerry Rees was up probably on what the Groundlings were doing. He's yeah. like, I'm making a little movie. I'm going to hire a bunch of Groundlings. And you could see that he kept his whole his body of work, uh, uh, which also includes Kevin Pollock and Alien Encounter uh, and Kathy mm-hmm. and Jimmy and stuff. Like he, he has like mm-hmm. he casts fun comedians and all this Disney stuff and brings that influence into everything, uh, which, which is, now all things have comedians yeah. doing voices everywhere. But I think uh, I like the sensibility of this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a lot of the Pixar stuff, it's comedian types. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Inside Out's got but Disney Disney movies for sure were not at the, yes. like 
I think I think Buddy Hackett in The Little Mermaid was like kind of put like putting a foot out for them like if i or maybe mm-hmm. they do one because like bob newhart and rescuers are uh-huh. like they would allow for one voice you know but then the rest are kind of like you know, right well actors. once there's so much singing like they're, they're pulling from broadway one. quite a bit oh broadway that's true actors. yeah yeah, yeah. you and got still, i guess you got robin williams genie you got uh rowan atkinson zazu mm-hmm. and lion king wow i forgot all of that that was uh, probably when we and saw that when we were kids, we didn't know who Rowan Atkinson was. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. So that's it's a new level to appreciate it on now. I knew who James Earl Jones was, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you know David Ogden Styers, <laughs> your favorite Big actor as a ninety as a nineteen ninety two. He was, uh, was Cogsworth. Oh, Cogsworth. Okay, I could see young Jason being a big Mash fan. Oh yeah, oddly. <laughs> No, but I have a mash thing for later. It's funny you bring that up. For later. Uh, for, for later. later. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, it's a treat for later. It's a treat oh, for see. later. Um, okay. I don't have we done any have we been explaining this coherently at all? So you're in this training room, you watch this pre-video with all these great animators involved. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh you get the basic information about how to be a brain commander, and if you're a bad brain commander, you end up having a pilot a chicken around who has not very uh-huh. many options and can't ascend to great levels like a like a human can you also get those the jokes that are killers every time you're in there uh at least at least when we were kids in the 90s the joke the joke about there were uh you know we've had some successes and it's albert einstein and some failures and it's earnest i remember thunderous applause and laughter whenever that played drag him drag Ernest. get him (laughs) a fictional character a fictional character that disney is making movies about right now i guess that's what made it safe yeah Yeah. they aren't like uh they aren't making a mental health judgment about a real person right uh uh, you know a lot of this would not be okay uh today but then uh you've got the uh what's the other killer joke oh that like then then it's time to get into the brain get into the theater come on move 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 what do you think where do you think you are disney world mm-hmm. which also a little bit of a groaner in a way but like i think maybe self-reflexive comedy mm. in Dis- in a disney attraction in 1989 not super common right comes back in a different ride comes back in a different ride later on i'm not going to tell you which one hmm. until Is you this another it. tease huh? oh i see gotcha um, oh, oh it's you know it's uh top of the oh. you know it's the top of what? What are you talking about? Oh, I know that's in yeah. there. You oh, mean okay. in Guardians? Oh, yeah, I know Guardians, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, where were you? Oh, Disneyland? Yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. I know that. It's the same joke. It's um, the same joke. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well done. Many years uh, prior by Canadian mm-hmm. Command. So then you enter the you enter the head. Now you're in a head. Here's a question. Who are we in this experience? We're not Cranium Commandos. Or are mm-hmm. we like taking notes behind Buzzy Unclear to make as well? Yeah, that's one that's another hole. So are bit. we auditing? <laughs> we're, we're 200 we're secret to be shoppers like TAs? yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i think because the the premise of all of it with the, just the pavilion itself is that we're learning so i think maybe just in the catch-all of like hey you can come and watch what happens it's like if you're sitting in a surgery with an open right window i think that's what it is so you're loading into like it would be very cool if instead of just a hallway it was like you were loading into someone's ear 
mm-hmm. or something. Oh, yeah. there should have been one more step like that. But maybe no budget by that point. I think, yeah, no budget, so Just they didn't do it. putting a big ear around the doors, yeah, would have been... It wouldn't mm-hmm. make sense for four ears, though, because you want to load them in in a theater, so that's maybe the problem. Oh, yeah. But if, like, mm, I don't know. We all have theater doors in our heads. That's the other thing this ride teaches you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, like, one giant ear with four doors in the ear. <laughs> I don't know how that would look. Yeah, they that would all look fit weird. within the... Yeah, we all have little doors in our ear. Yeah. Okay, so we're learning a lot from this. It's ride. like... No, it's like Tower of Terror where you wait in lines of four and they just take each line separately. Easy. Okay. Oh, so they yeah. go row one, row two, row three, or whatever. They do it six, row one. In order yeah, to easy. make the... One ear. Yeah. Okay. Big ear. That's yeah. my plus up. <laughs> one big ear. Mike Carlson's big ear. Yeah. Easy. Done. <laughs> So now you're in the head and Buzzy is up on a platform. Although when you walk in, strangely, he's like just in the dark sitting there as he has been for many decades, apparently. But then he comes to life. uh, General Knowledge comes back and yells at General Knowledge. If we didn't explain that, you know, he has this kind of drill sergeant attitude and they said in the revamp he became a lot more like Arlie Ermey uh, um, so you know that whenever things are going worse the worst for Buzzy uh, the general can jump in and stress him out even more right um, so he starts powering on the machine he's not exactly sure how to pilot it like a poor man's Rex mm-hmm. um, he uh, conjures the second audio animatronic figure. By the way, I should say this thing was supposed to be teeming with audio animatronics in its original right. conception. Probably all the body parts, left brain, right brain, all of it are audio animatronics, but that's a big budget cut. We can only have one, thus it mm-hmm. became the protagonist Buzzy. Not a big problem, but obviously more robots, always better. Always better. Is Hypothalamus considered an audio animatronic, or is it I just a so. robot? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. He talks. To, to some he's not as complicated. And what is he, how do we explain him he's he, like a he's a head on oh, a the neck non-mo- yeah it's just like a pole with like a pair of goggles on it or he binoculars looks, he looks kind of like those skinned geese in the star tours line a little yeah, bit right, just right, sort right, of right. like kind of generic robot type thing mm-hmm. uh voiced by director kirk wise Okay. co-directed the the short and i think does hmm. a great job of this very dry like monotone and like thing because he doesn't pop up that often because what is the hypothalamus control like non-motor or like non-conscious didn't stick with me and the word didn't i guess whatever they were trying to teach me there i just didn't uh i think it it's it regulates like all the stuff that your body does in the background like not consciously you don't have to think about yeah that you don't have to think about huh but we all have hmm strange this is um i would be look we're a theme park podcast so when i get a breaking story on my phone sometimes i have to break in and say it absolutely on walt disney world news today it just says concept art for country bear jamboree dark ride released what i guess this was a never made country bear dark ride oh Oh, no i guess that makes me sad almost so huh I got very excited thinking it was like a new one, but I guess it's not. Anyway, we'll post, we'll link that later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you, li- you live your life. Yeah, you're stressed out because you're so jumpy that any second you get an alert about like yeah. uh, a new mug <laughs> that got released. Mike has <laughs> notifications for every app and everyone yeah, he follows on Twitter. Yep. Not everyone I follow on Twitter. <laughs> everyone. It's like general knowledge uh, yeah. yelling at you. It's too much time. information for one person. Um. So... 
your your day begins. Uh, the the eyes open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're waking up in your twelve year old boy uh, bedroom. You start meeting all of the body parts. The left brain, Charles Grodin, who is very logical and lives in this awesome cubist world. I love the set of. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I think that's my favorite. I think there's a lot of fun set design in this thing. Love left brain uh, and right brains in a more like freewheeling psychedelic world. This is one of those learning things that did stick. I do feel like I always it really helped me seeing kind of like a gray black and white left brain and a colorful mm-hmm. right brain. I like that concept was always clear to me. And and in being create being a creative person and sometimes having to wear like a producer hat and sometimes having to just be freewheeling and be a writer, like you have to balance those sides. And I do literally picture like I'm a little too Charles Grodin right now. It wow. really it honestly stuck with me. It really oh, did. Oh wow. Like I gotta I gotta be more Lovitz. We're gonna throw Jason. that at you. We're gonna throw that at each other now. It's like be a little Charles Grodin you know, right hey, now. Hey, quit hey, being man. such a Grodin. Jason constantly thinks of himself just as a Charles Grodin type in a good way. I mean, uh, confident, charming, <laughs> handsome. Like, sure. I think you <laughs> said he was like your ultimate actor. Really? I think so. Well, I think we were also like. Oh, who would be we be if we if, if we were gay? gay who would we be attracted to? And I think you yours was Charles Grodin, Charles Grodin and mine was Young Elliot Gould. Yeah. Yes. Oh sure. Ooh, mm-hmm. who's mine? I don't know. Maybe it's it's somewhere between probably uh some era of McCartney. Uh uh I don't think I look I'm more of an admirer of the of the uh the physique of the the facial physique of Michael McDonald of 70s <laughs> Michael McDonald. Okay, all right. I'm not sure, sure it's an attraction. Sure. I'm just like I think he's what I want to look like. Uh, right. Um, yeah, but so uh, those are those are the bones all mm-hmm. uh, all, all and obviously uh, Hans and Franz in this thing. Well, sure. You get my hands on those big arm muscles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what the, What is their name in this though? They I just don't call think them. They're, they're just. They're, they're not named. They're, they're, they're Vons and Johns. <laughs> oh, they're not named, but they play left Two ventricle grocery and stores. right ventricle. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 oh, they're also a ripoff of the grocery stores. Uh-huh. Uh, um, we'll see. Meet them too. Uh, problematic today that they call people girly men and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's problematic. Yeah, is yeah. it wrong to shame somebody for potentially triggering a flabalanche? <laughs> <laughs> Was that one of their lines too? I, I'm probably not in this, but that's a, I associate that's that with Hans and Franz. Franz. Oh wow, it's I want to say how much I love Dana Carvey. I mean Kevin Nealon as well, but Dana Carvey. If you watch any Hans and Franz sketch, is having so much fun and just keeps like pointing for no reason. He's having so it's like he's a kid with a toy he can't let go of, and then like keeps doing that like lascivious and kind of staring down the camera. He's clearly just having a blast every time he does whichever one that it Hans maybe. Uh, um, And you you get that in this a little. I don't think you get like the the fully there Hans and Franz feeling. But fun to see him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're I, all on screen for such a little amount of time. I feel like mm-hmm. does Grodin have the most screen time? Um, by like what yeah, seconds? Maybe second, he chips yeah. in a lot because he's almost he like a villain. A he like needs to. I yeah, mean, obviously very useful. The kid wouldn't get dressed without uh, Charles Grodin. Yes, I, that is a couple things I want to talk. Mm-hmm. I, so mm-hmm. we are led to believe this twelve-year-old sleeps naked. Hmm. Some people do. I guess so. I just I don't. Some twelve-year-olds was... do. I suppose. I guess. I, get Y'all it. Sleep I naked? think it's the logic is there for the joke. Jason, you, the, like, uh, how do you on. sleep? Oh, how do you sleep? Well, I don't like a lot of layers. 
Um, usually like some sleep shorts and a t-shirt. Sometimes a t-shirt, sometimes sleep short. I'll say this. I would be way into sleeping nude, except that the temperature, my temperature changes during the night so often that I will wake up like sweaty or weird. Like I'll I'll wake up weird if I even try to sleep like shirtless. Hmm. So I have to do. I prefer shirt. Well, if I wear too many layers, I wake up covered in sweat and then I'm cold. Yeah, because then I have I'm, to change shirts. I'll wear a shirt, but I'll, I think I have to wear that shirt because it will at least keep some heat in if I throw the covers off. Because I'm a little bit of a restless sleeper as well. Interesting. What is your answer, uh, Scott? I'm just shirt and boxers, but it occurred to me like the most on brand. You know what shirt I've worn like the, so much that I can't wear anymore because it's just like gotten too thin and full of holes. But for the last decade, probably almost every night, I've worn a Captain EO shirt to sleep. Almost surprise, every night. Not, not like, not as like pajamas, not like, I'm going to be kept EO in my dreams. Mm. Just like, it's a really comfy shirt. Like what they had mm. at uh, Tomorrowland. Uh, you can, you know, it may, it makes sense. I should have taken advantage of that. I should have pretended to be kept EO in my dreams. More I was going to say, but maybe subconsciously um, somewhere. Yeah, that might be. Well, it's, the, so it's the stripe. It's the rainbow stripe. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, I have that, but I lost it, I realized the other day. Oh, but I had it somewhere. I don't know where it went. Mm-hmm. I wore it out. I can't, like, uh, that alternating between that and a Live Aid shirt, which I also, <laughs> so also pretty on brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I've been wearing to sleep, though, lately? And I, this is going to seem like a ham fisted ad, but l- lately in the sleep shirt regiment, Botanic Kush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shirts available at tpublic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, sla- I don't remember the rest uh, of the yeah, intro. Just look, the up, look up us on podcast. Yeah. The podcast I write on tpublic. I keep sleep shirts and regular sh- like t-shirts that I wear during the day separate. They're I different. Do They're di- most people, I think, do. Mm-hmm. But I would advocate if you get a Botanica sh- shirt, do both. Sleep in it, mm-hmm. wear it out more so it looks more shitty when you're out in public with it. That's the th- issue with the Botanica sh- shirt. Our fav- my favorite shirt that we yes, offer mine is too. that it won't really have its full effect until you've worn it a lot after five years. I would also... It's yeah. got to get wrecked and then <laughs> I w- it'll really work. I would also... And this is... Jason's going to be probably mad at us or mad at me for saying this. Um, bootlegging the shirt yourself somehow... I might encourage it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll, yeah, I would encourage it. Uh, if that. you want to just like draw a facsimile of it and then airbrush it at like a local airbrushing place, yep, yep, yep. that wouldn't be bad. I would be very happy to see knockoff bootleg pot tannic kush. By the way, yeah, because even this, then we're getting advertising. We're getting like, well, I'm, not, uh, I'm just saying for fun. I'm just saying for fun. I'm not thinking of a, I'm not a craven businessman like you of are fun as much. And, uh, you know. <laughs> also, in case you don't know what we're talking about, on a Patreon exclusive episode that's mm. just dedicated to Botanicus, uh, we created an alternate version that loves weed named Potanicush. And we're selling a shirt of him. Bootleg Bart style. So, yeah. And if you don't know what Botanicus is, we're You're too lost. far deep. Yeah. To, you know, there's that thing where podcasts are supposed to like every episode could be the first episode. Sometimes we're just too. It's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. To, yeah. The, the level, the, the depths of knowledge. Just you got to go backwards. It's a serial. This is the wire. Okay. I think yeah. we do a start reasonable from job. <laughs> I think we do a reasonable do job of that, but we cannot mm. touch every running storyline. No, nor could we. We can't go back and explain what every single thing is. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, Botanicus, but Botanicus, hopefully, we've helped make such a 
such a major part of pop culture, mm-hmm. the main goal of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, and we don't have to explain them anymore. Uh, um, so you're, see, you're in the day. You're doing the day. The, <laughs> uh, oh, the ride. the ride. Yeah, right? doing the day. And for our younger listeners, uh, just a heads up, when, when alarm clocks would wake us up in the 80s and 90s, you could only shut them off by knocking them off your nightstand violently. <laughs> if you watch any movies from the TV and uh, yes. movies or TV shows of the time, you'll notice every character constantly knocking over their alarm clock and the alarm clock industry was thriving because everyone was destroying theirs all the time. Yeah, and you, you're worried that you can't make it on time, uh, but hopefully it'll be all right and you'll be saved by the bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the optimal scenario. Kind of kind of plays out that way for Cranium Command Kid. He does make it to school, but he, he doesn't seem to eat. Uh, uh, he doesn't eat. He never urinates. <laughs> no, See, but his no. bodily functions are not addressed, probably for the best, because this is a twelve-year-old uh, boy. Also, he takes the bus, but he can run through hedges and be at school that quickly. I don't know. We're gonna have to solve that. Well, for it's the all reboot. it's the artistic license. I mean, I think in Star Tours, the this version of Star Tours now, there's a couple jumps time-wise sure. where you're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, hey, we got out of." orbit of Hoth pretty quickly. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. they have to take some license, I feel I like. Suppose. Condensed experience right. of the day, yes. Uh, um, well, also, how quickly is he in the cafeteria? So which, quickly, yeah. yeah like, if, there, if he gets to, if this is real time, lunch is happening at this school at 8.04. Yes, um, yes, that's a good point. So there's, there's a lot of issues here. But again, we're just trying to make a good thing perfect. It's not, right. we're not trying to tear it apart. Uh but now here's something I would not do again if we were to go back into the Cranium Command world. Um, I think it's awesome. So he meets a pretty girl. Mm. Uh, he's talking to a girl in class, gets flustered. He, she asks him a question. He says, beautiful, and uh, uh, it is a slip of the tongue. Uh, um, you know, good 12-year-old boy stuff. He's, he's flustered. A, a girl he has a question on throws him off. But then a couple of odd things happen. Uh, the the right brain, John Lovitz, starts kind of like is like celebrating. He's like he's like a flutter about the girl, but he is John Lovitz and she is twelve. Yes, and this is strange to me. And then we end up in this section where he's there's a little fantasy occurring, and the fantasy is mainly zooming into black and white. <laughs> photos of the girl which unmistakably are the the headshots of the actress yes right like yeah, yeah, they just sure. found three of her glamour shots uh, uh poses yes and are like cycling through them i i think it's a it seems a little lazy to me why would they be black and white you know when you meet a girl you like and then you imagine her black and white <laughs> like putting her hands against her chin her, her at a sears portrait studio sure. you think about her like that yeah of course <laughs> Uh, shout out to the uh, that actress Natalie Gregory was also the voice of the little girl in Oliver and Company. Hey, hey, wow. how about that? Oh, very good. Well, she's great in that, and she's good in this, and uh, um, you know, not these aren't big problems. I just find that little headshot uh, 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 fantasy yeah. a little unsettling. It would be, yeah. In the first part, it would be better if they were all kids mm-hmm. in the kid's head. Like if there were kid actors, yeah, sure. it would be a little less problematic. Of like there weren't Lovitz. enough famous kids 
at the time. This is pre-Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. There's no Culkins to flesh out these parts. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so that's... But there's some kids from sitcoms, right? There's, Who was Small there's Wonder? Only... What was Small Wonder doing? <laughs> it's only Small Wonder and Charles in Charge. Disney what doesn't mess What about Emmanuel with... Lewis? Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get Emmanuel Lewis Who was Lewis in a lot in of there. Disney parades. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, this little kid-controlled kid body is... Uh... That would be fun. But I don't know, but also getting like... Having a having a adult suited Charles Grodin in your brain, of course. Just sorry, then well, let's just cut the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say I this is another thing? TV and movies uh, made me think as a child that whenever there was a new kid at school, they were either going to end up being my best friend or my crush. Because hmm. that was all. That's such a storytelling device in kids' stuff to like shake up a character where it's like, yeah. oh, there's a new character. And now you're best friends with them, or now you you're dating them. It I it, I think I think I had the same thing as you, and I think it like I was like not really dating in middle school and high school. I think that was my hope was that the like the like perfect out of oh, a movie yeah, yeah, yeah. transfer girl would come because like otherwise the social structure. Do you guys you guys have that feeling in high school that like when did the social structure get decided? without me being there and why am i completely outside of it they all seem to know each other and have inside jokes and why where was i when this happened yeah it does like your insecurity also forms part of that equation because you immediately mm. feel like an outsider maybe that's was in my head the whole time and then it becomes the reality of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it is it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah and, and it was sort of was destined to hand it was sort of there was no controlling it. It I think just sort of free happened. will. If thinking there isn't isn't a uh, there isn't free will. I think it's maybe depressing. I mean, that's giving in to depressing thoughts. Yeah, the idea that you can control things is optimi optimistic and right. Um, Mm. Um, so this yeah, is, I think good, that's, we don't need therapy, Jason. We're, we're doing set. it here. That's what the show is <laughs> okay. for. We've said it early on. Don't tell us to get it. We don't I, need it. We're we don't far. want it. We're busy. Can't lead a horse to water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, an another thing that TV and movies convinced me of as a kid is like, well, one day I need to be ready for a food fight. <laughs> I was never in a food fight. Has uh, anyone yeah, seen a true. naturally was, occurring food fight? I, no, I've never been close to a food fight. It's Ooh, never happened. No. I think I saw one shot, like a, a one thing thrown, something thrown in response, and that was maybe the extent of it. So you never saw somebody get nailed in the <laughs> eye from across the room, this to get the attention of everyone in a crowded cafeteria. Everyone turns and goes, ooh, and then the person perfectly wipes the mashed mm. potatoes out of their eye. No. And, then, uh, mm. and then a fight is set up for the end of the day. Well, that yeah, but but I would think in that scenario, then all of a sudden every kid just starts whipping food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's probably the better. This, um, this was a thing according to one of these behind the scenes uh, pieces of info that the, the Disney wanted to cut. They they were not on set, like non on, not on set budget people called Jerry Reese, the director, and said, "You're doing a POV food fight. That's impossible. <laughs> we have to get this thing done." And he said, uh, "Is it okay to turn in a half complete show?" No. Well, then I'm going to go shoot the scene. Bye. Wow. Cool. Badass. Nice. Nice. Uh, and and it's a fun it's a fun little sequence. Uh, um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And seeing that in a POV way is is cool. Yeah. Um, but you know the kid's day gets worse and worse, and he, yeah, now he ends up in the principal's office, uh, where he the body like melts down entirely. Mm -hmm. This is kind of a clever 
sequence. Like the idea, like that your bo- your body parts are not like all like so one can trigger the other right. one to go and yeah. the other one and you're physically flustered and all just and you don't know what to say and right. uh, it's a neat little uh, yeah sequence. that's fun he is like staring down at his lap for like a full two minutes or so yeah i did think i thought it would be funny if only there was a way to see the principal's point of view and go like what the hell is going on with this kid did this kid just turn off like what the fuck <laughs> my I guess God, he's dead turned nurse off. <laughs> throw him in the garbage turn yeah. off means throw dead. him in the pile <laughs> this keeps happening what's going on at this school off. <laughs> um so he ends up uh buzzy through his his will and uh uh sort of view, viewing things from a new perspective realizes that he needs to be honest and that's his only way out of uh talking about um you know that's the only way uh he can progress with the principle and not get in too much trouble mm-hmm. is to just uh just tell the truth and then it works out it works out great he gets some punishment he just has to clean the cafeteria but that is all and he's rewarded for it being uh, valorous the mm-hmm. principal yeah. believes this right away i mean it is accurate but uh what's to stop the bully from saying yeah i was trying to protect the girl too sure yeah the principal's kind of a soft touch or a real easy mark i don't know what you'd call him mm. uh but yeah he sort of just buys it i guess maybe the kid's never been in trouble before that's what I got. Yeah, I'm sure those bullies have been in that principal. So he knows. Lot. I think he has an MO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so that's point. fair. Yeah, yeah. And he, um, who is he to stop young love from blossoming? No, she don't. He, he wants Annie to fall for. What's the kid's name even? Is he know. assigned one? I don't think he is. Hmm. Yeah, what principal doesn't want just romance to bloom between 12 year olds constantly? <laughs> this might at be school. another thing that needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't really. If you watch the scene, he's not, he's not like he didn't take pictures of him and draw little hearts around him and push him together. No, but there's that one shot where he's rubbing his hands to get. Where he's yes, shipping yes. students. Yeah, he's shipping. yeah, do principals ship students? I'm sure they do. I would think. That's problematic as well. Not ones you want to be around. Um, so then a lesson is learned that is, what is the, the, the morals at the end of this movie are really laid on thick. Well, first of all, he gets out of the principal's office with a mild punishment. Annie, the girl knows that she, uh, that he stuck up for her mm-hmm. and he gets his first kiss and all those body parts, uh, go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's, it's kind of a sweet little thing. It's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. And, then, and, but, and then you get, and then Buzzy just like tells you stuff for a while. So remember, keep your head on straight. And if you're ever uh, stressed out, then uh, count to three. And I, I don't remember the full list, but he really just like, like bullet points what you're supposed to learn. Uh, uh, pretty like I don't know. Like there's no, there's not a. It's you, you. Uh, the morals shoved down your throat is what I'm saying. It's a little heavy-handed, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't uh, remember what they are. It even is with that. Well, he turns at one point and he looks right, he, like right at you, and he goes like, "Hey, I know some of you in the audience are weird little kids who are going to grow up to be weird adults. So just calm down, take some deep breaths, and drink more water." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would prefer. He. That's what you right. projected yeah, into constantly. into Buzzy's mouth. I do think Good also. Good luck, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I'm, Buzzy. You're. I'm you. <laughs> I'm you. I mean, if that's what we it. all we want. All the media we could sue to be like, I'm you. <laughs> I I think I in in the way that left brain right brain stuck with me. 
I think I was maybe hesitant to talk to girls at 12 because I was like, if you even try, you're going to mutter the word beautiful mm. and you're going to get laughed out of this school. Uh, so just don't talk to them. I think maybe cranium commands uh, screwed me up. Mm, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be honest. I don't remember if I went on this as a kid. Hmm. I probably did because it's right by Body Wars, which I for sure went on and have a very clear memory of. Hmm. I don't know if we went on this. Hmm. I don't really have a, such a great memory of it. So I was so confident talking to girls at 12. That's obviously what happened. <laughs> I was so good at it. Never Boy, worried. This movie needs to be I mean, off Annie limits for kids. is mm. a really kind soul because by all all rights, she was it was within the realm of possibility that she could have ruined that. Kid. Like, And she would have been entitled to like, this fucking kid is a stranger to me and he called me beautiful. Like, Mm-hmm. She, she she should have been like you think me beautiful. <laughs> that's what the line is, right? Yes, that's right, that's right. Oh yeah, <laughs> me. Look, um, you're in the new kid at school. You're feeling stuff out. Like it, it would have been very reasonable for her to talk to other people and go like, "Hey, what's this? What's my lab partner's deal? Like he just kind of came out with beautiful out of nowhere and it kind of." Sh- Caught me off guard. Like, what's going on? You know what's weird is that yesterday he talked to me with a completely different voice than he's using today. (laughs) 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 There's something up with this kid. (laughs) Uh, um, Well, you know, Jason, as you said on the on the topic of we're we're all finding our our various connections to this movie and the way it spoke or did not speak to us at the the time. uh, uh, I had an idea for a, a segment. And the segment is called Cast a Commando. Uh, now, we've already we've we're already talking about multiple iterations of this uh, this universe being uh, turned back on us. But if we were to just redo the live show uh, uh, or re- redo the, the Epcot show and it was about us and our body and you had to cast a famous actor or pop culture figure to play one of your body parts. Uh, who would you cast? Uh, uh, and I, I can start. If yeah, you, please. If you like, yeah. Uh, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to choose a body part that's not represented uh, in the original production, and that is the liver. And uh, my liver is uh, going to be played by Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. <laughs> um, he's a he's a freewheeling guy, and he's like, keep keep him flowing, Daddy O. Yeah. <laughs> keep that. Co- hey, how about a little more grapefruit wine? Uh, uh, he 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 loves it. Um, sure. He's like George Wentz. The white wine is piling uh-huh. up to his uh, uh, great. It's right up to his chin by the end of it. Great. Uh, um, yeah. How about a little Cuervo Gold? <laughs> Make tonight a wonderful thing. The kids want to see more. The kids want to sure, see Fagin yeah. in an attraction. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fagin merch time. and stuff. Uh, yeah. g- a gentleman, any? Who would you cast as a commando? Um, well, I have an unrepresented section of the brain, uh, the checking part of the brain, <laughs> uh, and. Just because I like him so much, Wallace Shawn would, of course, be the checker. <laughs> he would be like, there's <laughs> there's a max pass availability open up for the Guardians of the Galaxy Tower. You must get it now. And Your like, friend is at Disneyland. He doesn't even know that there's an Incredicoaster opening. Monitor your friend's day at Disney while you're at home. They have not asked for assistance. <laughs> but you can help. Yeah, so that's I think that's perfect. By the way, Wallace Shawn needs to be on every ride. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing man. He needs like good and goofy movies. Good well, and goof, good and several, everything. Uh, Vegas Vacation uh, mm-hmm. and all of the movies he's in. 
and in, anyway. and he yeah. will be in the new Toy in Story. our in the new Brain Bender uh, the franchise. Yeah, uh, Jason, do you have Jason. any? Yeah, I I'm also going for an unrepresented body part. Uh, I I was going to go with the lungs, and mm. uh, one of my favorite duos. Uh, I alluded to this earlier. I'm paying off the mash thing. It's uh, Donald Sutherland and Elliot Gould from the 1970 movie version of MASH. I saw that in high school, and I thought they were the coolest dudes. I thought they were so funny and charming and laid back. And that's how I'd like my lungs to be operating at a normal operate. Even when times, even when there's shelling going on in the Korean Peninsula, uh, I'd like to just be a couple cool, wisecracking dudes. And Mm. Sutherland and Gould, I mean... Uh, mm. uh, so great. I, I was thinking about maybe Gould and George Siegel. I feel like they were a fun pair oh, together. Yeah. But Siegel's Sutherland great. and Gould, uh, yeah, just just great 70s. Sure. The fun yeah. laid back kind of, as opposed to like the deadly serious De Niro, uh, uh, De Niro, Pacino, uh, Casal actors of the godfather <laughs> movies um and you want like you, you know you want fresh skinned uh, uh lookers as your lungs you don't want like some haggard old guy uh, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah you want to know those things are, are operating smooth and, sure uh, yeah um this is great uh i think this is a good you know this would be all perfect to put into the ride as a refresh of it yes uh, uh to get the kids excited with these great actors the, the combined <laughs> age of which is 340 years old so just sure. to remind, we got donald well, you're and young, and jazz, you're young. Jazz mine are young, man. uh yeah mine are a, a temporal impossibility <laughs> oh okay you but, have to um, be they have to be mo-capped younger yeah. Uh, uh, re- yeah. Uh, in the past versions of these mash guys. Yeah. And then current yeah. Wallace Shawn is current Wallace Shawn fine. fine for what you yeah, uh, yeah. what you He's need. Perfect. Yeah. Current current Fagan's fine too. We don't have to. I feel like he was. Uh, you know, he was like a, a odd frog man in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- he never aged, but he started at 75. So. Yeah. Do you think he'd be more reliable as a liver than say like Dean Martin? <laughs> oh yeah, well he can uh, mm-hmm. uh, he, he can keep him coming. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He well, can. Uh, yeah, he'd be Dean Martin would be like it'd be above his head, and he'd still be like gurgling wisecracks. Right. Oh, hey, yeah. roll hey, belly. What's what? going on up there? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. No, Sniff a little brandy. Uh, would Mike Love be any part of your brain? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, uh, what part controls the business your fashion center? Sense. Oh, fashion sense. That's good. <laughs> or how about how about dancing? Uh, uh. It's just a hat. It's just suddenly this auditorium is like the, you could see the brim of a hat somehow. Yeah. Mike Love is the hat, and you might say the hat uh-huh. is not a body part, but in my body, with the way I was raised in a Mike Love centric fashion, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the hat's got free will, and it's it's Mike Love, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, love it. Well, Love uh, I I want to see our cranium command uh, yeah. in action, and I guess sure. I mean maybe that's the plus up is to bring it back and cycle through some different brains. It can always be buzzy, but those other that's guys. Yeah. I I have a quick plus up. I, we've been pitching so much on this episode, but you know there's an, a ride coming out called Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run. We all know the name. Is there any uh, punctuation in there? There's a. I'm sure there's at least a couple a different colon? colons or semi colons. You gotta have a colon if you're making a ride. Uh, and I would think that there's a cranium command where you actually. Because my big problem with this is sort of it's it's a fun show, but like I feel like once you see it once, you don't need that. Jason's getting mad at me. I think 
you once you see it once um I don't know. It's not like you don't want to ride it again. There's not a rideability. It's like, ah, oh, it's a fun show or whatever. Let's put you in the head is what I'm saying. Millennium Falcon puts you behind the controls of the uh, Millennium Falcon. Sure. Put you in the head. You're each representing the different parts of the human brain. And you got to hit buttons and you got to do stuff. And you got to mm. see if you can get this kid uh, to get his first kiss from a girl. You know, that's a fun plus up. Mm. I think that's a much more active way to put the... Uh, the audience well and it's a nice like as all of the wonders of life uh, attractions should be ripoffs of star wars attractions yeah, exactly. so body wars is star tours but you're in the body uh-huh. uh, a new cranium command is smugglers run but you're in a brain right and so in five years they'll do that mm-hmm. i think that was my thing as a kid i was it, it didn't concern me if buzzy was a lesser rex but because body wars was was good but a lesser star tours yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. undeniably. Yeah, 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 and like more unpleasant. Like, cause you're going in and out of like, you're watching like valves in your body close. It like mm-hmm. gives me like yeah. weird like phantom pains to think about it. <laughs> uh, body wars will be an upsetting episode for all of us. Yeah, um, I have a, a, a legitimate plus up, kind of based on what a thing I read about one of the concepts for the ride, uh, and I forget you know what generation or who exactly said this, but I think the. Um, at some point they were considering, oh, well, if it's just screens, we can swap the footage in and out. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a, it's come up so many times as like a blue sky thing for different attractions. Well, like, And then this part will be module, and then eventually you can change that in and out. And Guardians of the Galaxy is the exception like that is a notorious exception maybe the any, first time that they've actually maybe the utilized first time it. they've actually used it but any time they've been like and then you can swap the, and change this part it never fucking happens the only uh, toy story midway mania right when three came oh out, yeah they did it they added some stuff in. so they added like garland's buttercup and stuff to the ride Oh, okay, but they yeah. have, but they also were promising like a holiday overlays and things. Yeah, for they have, it. They have yeah. The never yeah. yeah, and so, those screens need to be brighter. I mean, I think like that. That kind of drives me nuts. Eventually, when you read about these rides and like, oh, and then they potentially were going to swap this in and out. I think if they had committed to that for a lot of the Epcot stuff, that park would be in better shape than it was. Especially since it's supposed to be about the future and like keeping up with the future or bleeding edge stuff so quickly fell to the wayside because that costs so much money to do. What is it? It's it, here's, here's some therapy realizing that I, the things that I loved the most as a kid in the Disney parks were all forward thinking, futuristic stuff that things that I saw from the ages of, you know, three to nine mm-hmm. that made me think, boy, there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> every, the future is going to be so cool. And then yeah. every single one of those things has decayed or been <laughs> replaced or just ignored. Uh-huh. There's no area in Disney parks more that, that were just it was replaced by nothing. It was replaced by a lock. <laughs> Uh, then like the future things what a bummer uh, uh the future is dead yeah I, Which, I'm but so in upset. theory that thought should come back because they're designing so much of this stuff towards the end of the 70s or in the early 80s not exactly boom times for you know coming off the vietnam war and watergate and sure and, and <laughs> gas shortage and the hostage crisis and thing after thing after thing but then people are feeling 
optimistic about the future. Like, we have to be optimistic about the future. And now, in a very bleak time, mm-hmm. I, I guess hope we end up in an optimistic I hope we end up in optimistic because right now it's just like, well, guess what new streaming service you're signing up for <laughs> next year, motherfucker? <laughs> like, that is the future. Well, when President Warren is assuredly oh, yeah. elected without any issue when sure. she sails into sails office through. after we see every single democratic candidate's kitchen and maybe some even some republican primary <laughs> challengers uh, probably not that. shouldn't probably be not. shouldn't be a problem should, yeah. she shouldn't be undone by one single trump insult that he will repeat no 700 times no 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 her bizarre dna test solution will not constantly dog her who boy oh man well uh uh you know here here's i have one more uh hey speaking of optimism you know what we got what you're talking about with the screens Mm -hmm. uh uh, and being able to slide new characters in and out as much as i love hans and franz those aren't that's not who kids today like we need to get new today's best comedians into the ride and i think i know just the guy uh uh, we're gonna you know who i'm gonna draft into new cranium command uh to play the friggin balls louis ck oh no no man who's willing to tell it like it is And when the body's confused, he's down there going, hey, kid, hey, fuck you, hey, shut the fuck up. He doesn't say jokes as much as the current Cranium Command people. He just kind of says, fuck you, uh-huh. and that that is in place of the joke. But I think that's what we need is a guy who's not afraid to... Uh, you to know. tell it like it is. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll talk um, about him after we have the if, if the Woody Allen in our universe discussion, if in the <laughs> Brain Bender universe discussion. We'll, so we'll talk we're about getting, it yeah, off We're getting Louie and Woody in. Great. We'll t- I didn't say that. I said we'll talk about it after. You keep uh, both these men away from my buzzy. <laughs> Hasn't he been through enough? Hasn't he been through enough? <laughs> we don't know where he is, Buzzy. They don't know where he is. Yeah, which brings us to that you know we'll like we'll we'll uh this, this episode might not come out for a sec as we record this and we'll you know we'll update we'll add any updates of anything that's going yes. on but it's so confusing is he gone or just the clothes gone it's different uh, uh hey you know what you talk about plus ups for rides i have a plus up for how disney should have treated this situation they should have sent out an amber alert <laughs> real kid or fake kid we should have all gotten an alert on our phone uh, you already had one, Mike, but At all least, people yeah. in the country should be on their feet looking right. for Buzzy as we speak. At the very least, like the Amber Alert in Orlando. So like Zach Ryder should have gotten it on his phone, at least because he's a resident. He w- I think he would have been found by now. I, yeah. think, I think he would have snapped into action. What's the the stat in Taken that like you know you have seventy two oh, right. hours? Yeah, yeah seventy two. Yeah, he would have got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Zach would have been on the case right then and there. Yeah, he'd be back. And then he would have bought it. He would have anyway. And had it in his case. <laughs> and it's mine. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, uh, let's let's just let's free Buzzy. Is is uh, free find Buzzy. Buzzy. Find Buzzy. Buzzy. Free him from where he is and when let's he's found. Put him in a museum. I, if we have a, <laughs> he belongs in a he museum. He belongs in a museum. Let me ask you a question before we go. Uh, if you if say you I don't know where this would be. Say we were in Orlando, we were on vacation, and we walked. And we saw in a dumpster Buzzy. Say Buzzy was just sitting in a dumpster, whatever. Mm. It was a bunch of waste. And you're like, oh my God, it's Buzzy. Would you take Buzzy and keep him for yourself? 
Or would you go to Disney and say, we found, I think, what is the real Buzzy? What would you do? It's like the, it's the scene in Boogie Nights where Don Cheadle has the money on the <laughs> counter, but everyone's been killed. So ding, he has a quandary. It's not his money, ding, but no one's going to... I don't think this is ding. a one-to-one. I, I think, think it's exactly Because no one's one-to-one. missing that money. But and it's going to improve Buzzy. his life. There's a lot of blood around, though, in either case, or at least hydraulic yes, fluid. True. Mm-hmm. So do you take Buzzy if you think, I oh, think man, Buzzy I think I can... think Buzzy belongs to the world. I would feel too much guilt keeping him for myself. So you would give him back to Disney. Scott? Um... I think it depends on if he's clothed or not clothed. <laughs> I think if he's clothed, I keep him. Like if he's not clothed, I'm too weirded out having this naked little I think, doll in my home. Okay. In my scenario, if he's naked, I keep him. I take him to a baby clothes store <laughs> and I buy him a new like little winter jacket and uh, snow pants. And then I take him and he sits on the shelf here with the Ninja Turtles and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, he's a little bigger. But what good is it if you can't you can't Instagram about it? If you have to keep it secret, I'm I love that. I love keeping that little secret. Mm. Mm. I would be okay with that because you would know, and anyone who came over, right, would know. Um, but you might. I don't know. Don't you think the guilt might eat at you eventually when you hit that? Maybe when you hit the moment where you need therapy in a beyond repair yeah. manner. I'll confess the to the therapist. I, I found Buzzy. I should give him back to the Walt Disney Corporation. What would those three <laughs> dozen voices in your head say about that? I think they would uh, all have different opinions that would <laughs> drastically vary. <laughs> it's swing wildly back and forth. Yeah. And I think the first thing the therapist would say is, what? who's what are buzzy? You talking about? And the second thing is, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first thing you want to sort out? <laughs> you found a robot in a dumpster? <laughs> yeah, but you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand how he got here. This I, was a robot of a ride that I love that I never went on. That I never went on, but I love it. My my question, my initial question to you, Michael, was how are you doing? And you started <laughs> talking about a, a robot boy named Buzzy. Yeah, I bought him snow pants. How are you feeling? And then you explained mobile ordering to me for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you started talking the about... The barbecue will be better if you <laughs> mobile order right now. Your conflicted feelings on sexual candy stores? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to escape this episode alive no <laughs> god it feels like we've been doing this for three and a half hours i, I blacked out several times like yeah. buzzy's eyes they just uh yeah uh, um well i guess we I guess survived, we survived podcast, podcast the, ride, the ride that we've been left with a lot to think a lot about. to think uh-huh. about um if if you want to hear further psychosis from us you can uh, go to patreon.com slash podcast the ride yes uh, where we'll discuss things at length that are even more obscure than cranium <laughs> command uh and uh check us out on twitter on instagram check out our facebook group uh email us at podcast right at gmail.com mm-hmm. if you know where buzzy is and you want to help us be the heroes dm us we can set up a signal account Um, and if you want to meet us in a parking lot and you have him we're maybe willing to pay (laughs) (laughs) we do admire your stealthiness Uh and we admire that you taught disney a lesson yeah um happy to reward you sure and Um, if you have botanicus's staff too somebody oh, took that yeah we'll pay that for that as up. well god i know we need to find all these out yep uh, well a lot of work to do here in 2019 yep. and uh, we're getting on it so more to come thanks for listening bye 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 forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced dog. by mike carlson 
Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.